Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. To preface this week's show, there was some name confusion at the beginning of the Reliving the Extreme podcast. The show is not entitled the 2300 pod because of initial name confusion. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson, your host, here with you. And for this week's show, because I am going to start working this week on recording our Hall of Fame show, which is going to involve myself, Archie, Aaron, Kyle, David Gold, Nick Francis, John Majewski, Chad Austin, um, Nick Hestelo, Steve Moran, Danny Torres, a bunch of people going to be involved in this episode. We're going to start recording those segments for the Hall of Fame this week. So this week's We Can't Wrestle podcast is, uh, gotta admit, I'm being a little lazy here, But what we're going to do is I'm going to play for you the first three episodes of our latest podcast in the family, Reliving the Extreme, where Aaron, ECW star Chad Austin, and myself are reviewing ECW from the beginning to the end of Extreme. And I'm telling you what, these first few months have been a rough go watching the beginnings of ECW. At this point, we are... Getting to the point where we're almost to Ultra Clash 93, almost to start to see Paul Heyman's influence on ECW. But getting there, it's been a rough watch, but it's been a hell of a journey. The show is really, really good. I'm very proud of it. And uh, I want to just, like I said, for this episode, I want to play you the first three episodes of Reliving the Extreme if you have not yet checked it out. And if you like what you hear, you can always uh, like this show, download the show on any podcast app, uh, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you get your favorite podcast, Reliving the Extreme is available. So here we go. I'm going to play for you here this week on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, the first three episodes of Reliving the Extreme. Enjoy, wrestling fans. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the debut episode of the 2300 Pod. Nate Maxson, your host here from the We Can't Wrestle podcast, along with my brother Aaron. Aaron, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. And 
the guy that probably knows ECW better than either one of us, a man who's been on the We Can't Wrestle podcast a couple of times, Mr. Chad Austin. Thank you, sir, for being a part of the 2300 pod. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. I can't I can't wait to destroy some of these shows. <laughs> well, what we're doing in this in this show is we are going to uh, start at the beginning of ECW on the WWE Network, which the episode is April 6th of 1993. And if all of us are still alive, what, seven, eight years from now, we will finish up ECW. Every week, we're just going to watch <laughs> the shows. When we get to the pay-per-views, we will also include those. I think it's going to be fun to watch the territory from beginning to end. Oh, yeah, well, well I... I, I thoroughly agree because you're going to see a humongous difference mm-hmm. in 93. I mean, this is just um, April of 93. You're going to see a humongous difference come just October of 93. Yes. Cause That's when things are, are really going to change. And then you're really going to see uh, a definition of what ECW was about. In April of 93, at this time, Eddie Gilbert is the Booker, I believe, is Heyman even with the company yet? No, I didn't think. No, so. Heyman. No, Heyman. Hey, uh, Heyman is probably, in my opinion, not on the payroll, but he's also probably a liaison for Eddie because mm-hmm. coming from the Continental days, like you know, he probably still talks to Paulie. But yeah, Paulie's coming in, and it's not a whole lot of time before Paulie comes in. Right around this time here, no, because saw something. I remember just from from memory that because uh, we we see hot stuff incorporated start to begin on this show that we'll get to, but at one point you've got the hot stuff incorporated and the dangerous alliance are all like one faction kind of deal going on here coming up shortly, but we'll get to that when it shows up. Um, but I want to, like I said, I want to welcome everybody to the show. Those that are li- that are listeners of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, thank you for coming over. Uh, sometimes we might have Archie or Kyle or Chris from the We Can't Wrestle on here as well. It's just going to be a fun thing to do for all of you, the 2300 pod. And if you don't know why it's called the 2300 pod, look it up. I don't need to explain it to you. I'm not going to take my time to do that. Well, anybody listening to this show has probably already been there. <laughs> True. You know, wouldn't, True. Wouldn't you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know how many? I mean, I can't believe how. I, I just imagine if that building really was around right now during COVID. Jeez, oh, <laughs> and imagine if Bald Mahoney was still alive. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good lord! <laughs> so we'll start the show. It starts up with uh, Jay Sully. Uh, the announcer for ECW, along with the Stevie Wonderful character. Who anybody know anything about Stevie Wonderful other than no, the hair? I was going to ask Chad if he knows anything about Stevie Wonderful. I have Dude, no I wrote idea. his name down. I wrote I his name no down. Fucking and just idea like, I got, Stevie Wonderful is. I got nothing on Stevie Wonderful. <laughs> like I don't know if he was a worker. I, if I if I had my guess, and I just by looking at him, if I had my guess, I would assume he was probably a manager that probably didn't make it as a worker, mm-hmm. and he could I, talk. I thought he was, like, Todd Gordon's, like, pool guy or something. <laughs> well, I mean, he could have easily been anything to Todd Gordon. <laughs> Look, I don't know. Yeah, but Stevie Wonderful, I, I actually have a question mark right next to his name, and I was like, I dude, dude, I do too. Look, like, like Stevie <laughs> Wonderful, question mark. <laughs> 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 
I, I got him in the same sentence. I got him in the same like comment as Belomo, Nikolai, and Stevie Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> that shows me what kind of class this guy is. It, 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 he, he's esteemed in. And and I, I'll say this about Jay Sully. Like he's an, he seemed like he's an all right guy or whatever. But why? Like every sentence the guy has sounds like a question. <laughs> I don't. I don't have any information on Jason. Terry Funk joining yeah, us. Like on every, thing, every time he talks, sounds like a question. Jay, I mean, Jay Sully. I, I don't know because I guess he did TV, and TV was always post-produced. Mm-hmm. So I, that's probably why I. I, I never had. I mean, I, at that time, I would have never had an interaction with him anyway, because I, I was there towards the end of him, but yeah. I just never saw him. Like, like, I don't know six, who the fuck the I don't know who the hell he days. What's that? Like in the six-pack Sully days? They started calling him six-pack six pack Sully or whatever. Oh, but no, yeah. I, you can tell me whatever you want to tell me about him. I have no <laughs> idea where he came from. Like, but, yeah, just every time the guy talks, it sounds like he's asking a question. Well, I mean, I mean, the way I looked at it is Eddie Gilbert's taking this, this guy's money. He's getting a payday. He's running a company on a shoestring budget. And look at all the talent that he's bringing in. It's mm-hmm. all guys that are already there. He's yeah. not spending a ton of money. Right. You know, Harry <laughs> Funk's probably the highest paid talent. Mean, Jimmy Snuka, I, he was probably lost and just showed <laughs> up there. And he was like, hey, brother. You know, and Eddie Gilbert said, hey, you want to work a match? This is this is, during that, this is during that time period where Snuka just worked the East Coast uh, letting our, uh, with Metal Maniac putting him over pretty much was the, <laughs> the gist of well, well, we haven't even point. we haven't even got we haven't even got to that match yet. But I <laughs> I want to know who that girl was that just stood outside. It's like she yeah. was social distancing him in 1993. <laughs> I mean, he never mentioned her. Like he never said anything about her, and he 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 put over Eddie Gilbert. <laughs> so we get Todd Gordon coming in here with the we're going to have a TV title tournament. I I never liked that belt. It has no side plates. It looks weird. It looks I have unfinished. it, dude. I have it written right there. Belt has no side plates. Yeah, it just looks unfinished. I, I don't know. It's it's an ugly deal to me. What do you think, Aaron? Well, I'll say this: um, for an inaugural show, at least like right off the bat, they establish, okay, this is our show, having a tournament. It might be for this shitty looking belt, but <laughs> right at the start of it, we have. The shitty belt. There's a tournament for the TV title, and we're going to establish that our top feud is going to be Terry Funk and Eddie Gilbert. Which you so can't go the, wrong with that. <laughs> which the opening segment does. It's in my, I'm not a wrestling guy. I'm just a fan. But if I'm a fan watching it, I'm like, you know what? They've set it up. They've told you exactly, basically what's going on, and they they didn't fuck around with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it wasn't like a lot of Gaga, it was just like, here's this, we're having this tournament, and now Eddie's going to come out and try to trump Terry because he's saying he's the the big star, and then it's like, no, no, you're not. Terry's a bigger star than you, and Eddie's upset about it. So I think this little segment at the beginning of the show was a good way to start it. Well, I love love one of the things that Todd Gordon says, and this is what I wrote down. And I did write down the belt has no side plates. (laughs) And I was just like, dude, this is a big, gigantic piece of concrete on some (laughs) fake leather. And But what Todd Gordon says, we are going to determine the ECW TV champion 
and it's going to be ECW style. So what are you going to have a bunch of guys from the East Coast that work on the weekends just show up? You know what I mean? Like, and they, they, tournament, yeah. <laughs> they haven't they haven't defined they haven't defined what ECW style is yet. Right. They're just going to have they're going to have Johnny Hotbody, Tony Stetson. It's the, Jer- it's the journey rebel. It's the journeyman championship. Of course. I can't believe Gino Caruso wasn't on there. <laughs> we do get Larry Winters later. <laughs> Legendary. Oh, I got journeyman. I got some notes about Larry Winters. <laughs> but I so did now, but I did okay. love I did love Terry Funk's suit. I'm telling you, his belt buckle looked like a title that Luther has held. <laughs> it, it was like that classic picture you see in the could, magazine yeah, he, the, with the with the with the hands on the on the hips and the yeah he's got this belt on it it's like come on like <laughs> you're proudly defending that <laughs> the ne- the first match of the show is the super destroyers against the hell riders and that's oh, where uh, my first comment about funk is him and hunter q robbins the third have the same haircut on this night in uh, 1993. Hey, see, I wanted to ask this. I wanted to ask this because I've I've wondered this, and I know you guys, I, Chad. I know you didn't know anything about Stevie Wonder. Is there anything about Hunter Hugh Robinson? I have no idea anything other than that. I have no fucking idea who that guy is, where he <laughs> came from, what he did after. He could be dead for all I know. I have no. I'll tell idea. you. I'll tell you all I know, and this is brutal. <laughs> this is like, like this is brutal because I, I didn't want to say this about anybody, and it's not that he did anything heinous, it, it, nothing like that. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, like I, like I was coming in when he was going out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and then I would hear people talk about him, and I'd be like, because at one point there was speculation that he was going to be my manager. Okay, because. We, we did a couple of interviews backstage where he walked up to me and was like, Hey, I'm Hunter Q. Robbins the third or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then everybody kept telling me, all right, are you ready for this? That he had bad breath. <laughs> like his breath was awful and nobody wanted to be around him. Like, and I couldn't smell. I can't smell. So I really never knew. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like nobody wants to be this guy's friend. Because, like, if you were his friend, tell him your breath stinks, pal. Is that, why, is that why Funk called him Terry Hunter Q. Robinson the Turd? Turd, yeah, I, I wrote that down too. Because I, I wrote, I wrote at first, I wrote, man, I wrote, um, did Terry Funk say, did Terry Funk say Turd? Question mark. Yeah, and then I wrote right afterwards, the Turd. And then I said, yeah, he did say Turd. <laughs> Halitosis Q Robbins, <laughs> but yeah, but that that was all I've ever heard bad about him. But I don't have I don't have any interaction with him, and I really felt bad for him for that. Like I really thought that was like, man, that's that's kind of unfair, dude. Like you know, we all work together, and you know, tell yeah. the fucking dude, like, <laughs> buy him, you buy him some Tic Tacs, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you stink. Just tell him that. <laughs> Yeah, but, well, he's but, managing the super destroyers. Oh yeah, do you know who they were by the chance? By any chance? Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Who are those guys? I know who they are. One of them was a guy named Doug Stahl, who actually wrestled as a super destroyer before. Not big time money territories, but right. like major independence. And the other guy was AJ Petrucci. 
I've heard his name before. For the WWF in the 80s as a job guy. Mm-hmm. I ended up working independent shows with him because he's, um, remember that fucking dude in the WWE? Oh, Jesus Christ. Gene, 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 Slotsky, what's his name? Snitsky. Snitsky. Gene Snitsky with the back knee. It wasn't his fault. Yeah, that guy. It was the Matt one clean. Yeah, that AJ Petrucci was like his uncle or something. And we worked on a bunch of shows together, and he was telling me how great Gene was doing, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, "So you're AJ Petrucci? Like you, <laughs> you, you can you can see yourself on a whole lot of beginnings of TV shows, you know, as the guy on the mat, right? <laughs> you know, like wow, I wish I had a career like that. <laughs> you know, every single week, you know, I'm on TV every single week, <laughs> every week. I, yeah, I'm the guy <laughs> laying right there where but, Jimmy's say whether, whether you just see the bottom of my boots or not, I'm the guy on TV every week. <laughs> but Something yeah, else? but all, all them guys were just on their way out, man. And it, it, it was kind of sad to see for me. Um, but we are getting ready to, uh, to come up to something that's, that's, I think is fantastic. But, like, let me ask, and I'm a, I'm a novice, obviously, with, like, wrestling. I'm not a worker or anything like that. But, like, when I watched this, like, Super Storyers Hellraisers match, or Hellriders match, I might be wrong, but I thought the fucking thing looked really small. Well, how about this? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this right now as I'm looking like, at it, it right it now. It didn't look like a normal. It didn't look like a like a normal like twenty by twenty type ring. It looked really fucking small. It, it wasn't. And here's and here's the funny thing that I wrote down: Hell Riders equals question mark. I don't know who they are. And then I see. <laughs> and then I see HD Rider can only hit the ropes in an eighteen foot ring. That that was an eighteen foot ring. And the reason why I know that is because. We used to use that ring for many, many, many years. And mm-hmm. I, I, wait, I guess maybe coming up in the near future, when you start seeing guys like the Wolfman yeah. on the show, that's because him and, him and um, Max Thrasher, Phil Wobblesberger is his real name, that was their ring. And they rented it to ECW. I love that ring. It's a bumper's ring. It's just, it's so old, nobody ever fixed anything of it. <laughs> you know, it, they just let them just fall apart. Mm-hmm. But it's a great bumpers ring, and it had cables. Like, one of the one of the earlier East Coast rings that had cables. Most of them had, like, boxing gym ropes and shit. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, that was, a, that was a good ring. But, yeah, the hell, they, when I saw that HD Rider guy hit the ropes, and he did the one-two t- turnaround step, I knew he'd only been trained in a in a small ring. So that that, be, that begs me a question to ask because Aaron said us not being workers and you being when you say bumpers ring, is that because it's it, it's more it has more give? Is that what you're saying? Like it has more it has more give when you take the bump, or it's got a it's got a more forgiving give. Okay. Like it, you, you can bump pretty much anywhere in it. You ain't got a bump in the middle every single time mm-hmm. to get a good bump. And the ropes, to me, I like I, I like cable, but I also like the sponge around the cable. Like, mm-hmm. you wrap it with the sponge and then you tape it up because you can really hit them hard. And I like that. I mean, you 
probably see, you watch them old WWE like openings of the shows where the guy gets thrown into them ropes, yeah, and they go like way deep into the ropes, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, these are cables, so they are going to send you back, you know, right back to the middle of the ring. So yeah, <laughs> I like that because with the rope, you just can, you can almost kind of go like, nah, I don't think I'm going back. <laughs> Come get me here, man. Up next. A video about the Sandman. In yeah, yeah. And, and it's a bunch of his Memphis shit. Yeah, it was about. I, I have that written down. A lot of Memphis footage here. Well, that's but, uh, pretty much the best of the Sandman. <laughs> I mean, the best of that Sandman, right? Which right. actually, I, it, I, it, it, in the in the video, it actually shows Hack as being pretty goddamn decent in the ring. Like he's doing moves and shit. Like I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a novice. I, I keep saying novice or whatever, but like I didn't know that. Shouldn't say I didn't know, but like Hack actually was a wrestler per se. Like he's doing, like he's working with Lawler, and I think I saw Jeff Gaylord in the video and shit. I didn't know that. Sam man was. Well, who was the ring general in the match with Jeff Gaylord? <laughs> I can understand you telling me about Jerry Lawler. Yeah, Jerry Lawler can drag a you know a good match out of fucking anyone. Yeah. But you said yeah with Jeff Gaylord. <laughs> He's in there with fucking Gaylord. I saw Gaylord in the fucking video. I'm just saying, like this video, it looks to me like basically they just put hacks like audition tape on the. Of course they did. No right. <laughs> Like, this company's only had, like, what, four shows? I mean, I'm guessing. And he's the champ. Like, Sandman's <laughs> the champ. Well, don't worry, because Tommy Cairo's undefeated. <laughs> I mean... They, he, they, they mentioned that a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and you're like, seriously, he, he had to have lost in something. <laughs> Anything. Like, he's undefeated. Like, that's, like, his gimmick name. Yeah, but the Sandman thing, as soon as I saw... The, the the first glimpse of Sandman, I said they're using the Memphis promo mm-hmm. <laughs> with the star in the back and everything, and he, and I'm like, and and the rib is is this this dude's got to carry the surfboard around with him <laughs> like every night. Like, I never thought got, about like every time I like I want to say like when I think of like Sandman, I don't think of like the Mid South Coliseum. But here I am watching a fucking video where he's working the Mid South Coliseum. I like I don't I I don't I don't think a Sandman in the Mid South Coliseum like those. No, I mean unless you unless he was in my mind, you you found him there. Like unless he showed up there and you just found him laying there somewhere. And then yeah. there's another there's another piece of trivia. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, there ha- Dave Brown has been on ECW <laughs> in the background of this video. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sandman, like that was at a time, man. Honestly, like people like Sandman, Taz was there, Sabu was there, Van Dam was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there was many more guys that came from out of that same, you know. Uh, cut out of that same cloth from, you know, the ECW guys. I'm sure there was. But the deal was, like, Axel was there, Ian was there. Like, they only lasted, like, you know, you can get, like, um, maybe two months out of it. Mm -hmm. You do do a month of beating beating up the fucking job guys. You know, oh, I'm sorry, you can't say job guys anymore. The the (laughs) enhancement talent. 
and then you do a loop with the um the stars. And if you're not going over, then you're losing every night. And then right. afterwards, you get the the hotel room. That's why I used to like to unplug my phone in my hotel room when I was working in Memphis because that way they couldn't call and fire me. <laughs> yeah, avoidance. <laughs> yeah, because they they would they would call me. They would they would call you at like ten o'clock in the morning, and then, like because they knew you were going out and get fucked up. And I was like, I'm not answering the fucking phone. I'm not plugging <laughs> this bitch. And then I would call like uh, whoever the guy working in the office was. He's like, Hey, what's the dates? Well, he only got like one date for you in December, and I'm like, "What's well, October?" <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? Yeah, that's that's the way that's the way it works, man. But yeah, Sandman was there. He he had his run. Like everybody gets a everybody gets a run with Lawler. Sandman mm-hmm. got his run with Lawler, and apparently he didn't leave a bad taste in Lawler's mouth because he worked with him again, I believe, in ECW later on. Yeah. So, so but what about what? But what about the Cosmic Commander? Ah, yes, I have <laughs> yeah, yeah. on my notes. Cosmic <laughs> Commander, Dollar Store, wrote, Dollar wrote, Store Grand Wizard. <laughs> I wrote, um, yeah, the TV tournament with Tommy Cairo versus Sal Balomo with the Cosmic Cookie. <laughs> cosmic Cookie. <laughs> was that oh, sign love... guy? Was that sign guy Dudley in that getup? It looked like him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think it was because I. Do you remember the show where Funk wrestled Gilbert, and it was ECW versus WWA at the Philadelphia Hotel? Mm-hmm. Well, he, that's where I met the Cosmic Commander, and I just thought he was just some fucking goofy dude. But then he, he had, had like a, a he had like a big stupid in this thing. He had like a big stupid fucking. Like turban and like yeah, his head glasses. He was the grand wiz- He was the grand wizard. <laughs> because he was he was trying to be the grand wizard, but I mean, when I met him, he wasn't a bad dude. I I got to tell you, he wasn't a bad dude. Mm-hmm. But I was just going like, you're the grand wizard, you know? Like, and where the fuck did you buy that fucking thing at? <laughs> <laughs> on your head? Because I want one. Did they have spirit like Halloween man. back then? Okay. I'm- Make a wish, kid. I, I I don't understand why he really didn't go, um, like uh, uh, even a little bit further. Mm-hmm. You know, like why didn't probably Paul his bring stupid him hat and dumb glasses? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. If it, every, well, I mean, never mind. Uh, but, <laughs> but during the but during the Cairo Belomo match. Did you did you see how he said it, it's presented in its original form due yeah. to like whatever? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it had a couple of tracking issues. Like they're really bailing out on that. Like for <laughs> yeah, so now bad. on, every time I send somebody a tape or a DVD, I gotta I gotta send a disclaimer. <laughs> like sorry, <laughs> presented presented in the most original form. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> it's like fifth generation. It's been passed around since nineteen eighty three. And, and you you expect me to send you some like I'm gonna air this quality? It's not my fault they don't fucking keep their shit. And see, th- like with this match, I'll say this: like the if, if we're gonna get into the match, like Tommy Cairo, I actually really like Tommy Cairo. Me too. Me too. I wish like, I wish I, he would. I, I don't want to marry would, him or anything, but I, I, I just I, I really like I like Tommy I, Cairo, and I don't understand why. He never had a shot, and if he did, I don't remember it. But I don't, I don't know why the guy never had a shot in like WCW or WWE. 
Dude, I actually, I actually had to work him, and he had to put me over. And we'll we'll come across that on on the on the ECW review show. And I didn't want to do it mm-hmm. because I didn't think I deserved. I didn't. I didn't think I deserved it. I was like, "What are you talking about? This is, you know, <laughs> this what the fuck?" And Paul, you know, I think what it was was I think he was too much um, into the family thing. I mean, if I had to guess, and mm-hmm. that to me is probably so it was like a, like a home setter. Yeah, I think I think that's what it was because he didn't want to put it in the time, and I don't know if he had any financial, you know, interest in the company. I don't know, but yeah, right. I I actually didn't want to I didn't want to put a go over on Tommy Cairo when I, when Paulie said it, I was like, "What are you talking about?" Like I think it like. Like I think in like a, like a ninety four ninety five Tommy Cairo yeah. he might have not been like the WWF like Intercontinental Champion or something but he could have been a a good like worker in the company. Yeah, put him on the road. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like, like give give him a small downside, you know, and then throw him on the road so he can make some extra money. You know, I, that I, shit I, with- He's a good hand. That's what you call him, right? Yeah. And in this match, like, why did they feel the need to protect Sal Balomo and have him get counted out? I don't understand that. <laughs> I thought it was funny the whole match that Terry Funk called him Salvador Balomo. The whole match, he's Salvador Balomo. <laughs> I don't know. For some for some reason, somebody there, I don't know if Todd and Sal had some vested interest in Sal's whatever. Like, he was like the guy... Who's the guy, like, from Pinocchio that made Pinocchio? Geppetto? Yeah, he was like Geppetto. Because <laughs> he, he, like, he, he, like, made all these, like, wood carvings and shit out of his garage and stuff. <laughs> well, they and, have and, that. There's an episode of WWF Tuesday Night Titans where he makes that boat or whatever. Like he, Okay, he, well, then, you know, <laughs> not lying, then. No, they, like, no, there's, it's, it's actually throughout the whole episode. He's just sitting at a table making a boat. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he made all, he made <laughs> all, all these... making the little fucking boat out of the yes. WWF magazine? Yeah. Yeah. He made all this That's stuff for all these man. kids and stuff. Like he ran like some jabroni to- toy store where he made all these like, you know. And crap. later on, when he's he's wearing the stupid helmet and he's like throwing the fucking stuffed animals out at the kids, <laughs> Sal Balomo's fucking terrible. I, I I will say this: I have really wish that Sal Balomo would have been one of the guys that Eddie that Eddie would have or Paul would have kept because he really did go crazy. <laughs> like when, when Bob Backlow went crazy, mm-hmm. like Sal Blomo was. I was right there with him. Yeah, they, they, them two just—they they were in the same car. <laughs> well, okay. In this match, let me ask something about this guy, right? And this is a guy that I used to read about in like PWI and everything. And Nate knows because Nate's older than me, and he's my brother, and he knows that I. Had a little bit of interest in this guy, and I wanted to know if Chad knew anything about him. Wrestler gets involved in this match. Is there any stories on Johnny Hotline? Oh well, yeah, you can. Well, we're going to cover that one shortly. <laughs> I, I can tell he you that. He gets involved in this Tommy Cairo Sal Balomo clusterfuck. He gets involved in it. 
I, I, oh, I, that didn't last too long because once we get to him wrestling me, that's the last you're going to see of Johnny Outbody. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's not my fault. I I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> like like I did this spot to him where we we I was a job guy. I mean, I'm sorry, I was talent enhancement. God damn. <laughs> Give myself some some fucking credit over here, but I uh, I had this spot where I did the flip off the top rope, like the like to the floor, Mm -hmm. you know, the dive, just a big fucking dive, and um, I got up on the top rope and wait wait till we get to the episode and you see my hand where I'm kind of like massaging the ring post because you can just tell I'm not comfortable because of how far down it is because (laughs) the ring apron was like way higher. Than everybody else's ring apron, and I wiped him out with the dive. I crushed him, like I just wiped him out because we didn't have pads. I just did the whole entire flip off the top rope, and it, it was way more than fifteen feet. <laughs> it it would have had to have been. It would have had to be closer to probably seventeen, eighteen feet with apron and everything else, and how big the yeah, it was brutal, and I crushed him. And I felt so bad, but you know, he was okay. And then he kind of pushed me in the ring and he gave me the stump buster thing where, you know, where you sit on your head and pull your leg up. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul liked my dive so much that he cut the finish out and pretended like Johnny Hotbody was knocked out. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh boy, I'm going to get heat. I'm going to get heat for this. But we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, get, we'll get, we'll get to that one. <laughs> Because I, I, I did have to work him again. <laughs> and he probably wasn't too pleased. <laughs> Ew, that's an L. But you know what we got coming up next? We got Johnny oh. Hotbody, or not Johnny Hotbody, we got Rock and Rebel next. Rock and yeah. Rebel. Rock and Rebel. I'm not going to try to interrupt anybody. But I'm going to say this, and I know that um, it's probably not... Uh, most popular thing to say because of uh, way shit ended with him or whatever, but in my opinion, taking away everything from the end of it, fucking Rockin' Rebel, in my opinion, was a great fucking heel. I love fucking Rockin' Rebel. And I don't know why I don't know why that guy and I, I know I said it with like a couple other people like with like Tommy Cairo, but seriously I'm saying with like Rock and Rebel I think that guy should have been a bigger deal than him than what he was. What, in ECW or in the business? In the business. And no. ECW in general, but just in the like like no. I don't No? No. <laughs> No, but go ahead. Tell me why you think he should have been. I just think he had a he had a good build, and he had a great. I shouldn't say I don't want to say great, but he had a good delivery, and and in my opinion, as a fan, he performed well in the ring. I I just think I I enjoy watching Rock and Rebel in the ring, and I enjoy watching his promos. Well, I'll say this. And I am, was, and always will be a good friend of Chuck on whatever the circumstances are. I inducted mm-hmm. him to a Hall of Fame. 
And I had to write the fucking material for him. And believe me, I buried him. Yeah. And this is when, while he was still alive. If Chuck was as good in the ring as he was of pissing people off, <laughs> he probably would have gotten the job. But he just insisted on just being a dick. Well, that's like, what I'm asking. Like, like, is that the reason why he didn't get more advanced in his career? Like, was he like, like? I don't, I don't understand. What I'm trying to say is like fundamentally, fundamentally, and promo wise, and everything like that. It's like it seems like the guy had everything going for him. But oh, he had, a, he, had a, he had a very, very deep. He had a very good. Very good look. He, he had um, he had all the the verbal talent. He just was a dick, like, and he wouldn't take anybody's like you know, you know, advice or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was like, like, and, and his gimmick was is that he owned the license. If you watch ECW, and we'll and we'll get into this, and we'll talk about it as we go along, that. The more and more you see ECW shows come on, and you're going to start seeing the guys like Johnny Hotbody and Tony Stetson and them guys weed out, you're going to notice Rock and Rebel's still there. Yeah. Because he had the license for Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. So Paul had to use them. <laughs> so when, once Paul got a, could finally get a license, is when he kind of bailed him out. Because Rebel's, I, dude, I, I love Rebel, but he, he is a dick. Like he really is. Like he'll he'll sabotage a match, you know. He'll fucking rib you. He'll do he'll do all that shit. So yeah, he rubbed people the wrong way, but not me because we worked a lot, a lot around each other. Like, like I said, I wasn't trying to like knock the guy or say anything, no, anything no. against him. I was just saying like I I and now that you've said that he kind of had a. Um, um, attitude problem. Attitude problem. <laughs> that might be the reason why that maybe like the WWE was or WWF time wasn't like, hey, let's use Rebel. You know, he might have been. Pretty sure he, I'm pretty sure he did TVs. There's got to be some tapes out there of him doing TVs because there's no chance they would have not taken a look at him. They right. would have had to have. But I mean, I'm just re- saying. But what I'm saying is the reason they wouldn't have went further with it was because he wasn't like a conformist type thing. Yeah, he wouldn't have, like he would have been like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> like not a whole not a whole lot of people say fuck more like, than me. Like why the fuck do I have to put over doink? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> like that it's type of thing. Fuck. Yeah, it's it's that kind of thing. And you know, you know, you gotta conform in that environment, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I'm a huge, like I said, I'm a, I, I really, fuck, I even put on my notes that I'm a huge Rock and Rebel fan, man. I think that guy, if, if he would have, now that I know that you said he wasn't like a conformist, but like if he would have been like a good citizen or whatever, it, it, I think that guy could have been a bigger deal, in my opinion. Of course he could have. I mean, he had, he, I mean, I mean, it's, even if he wasn't, he was close enough to 250 pounds that he looked like he was 250 pounds. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that mullet, come on. 
that, that's a that, that's a mullet. Oh, that's a you fantastic have, mullet. He oh, has a fantastic yeah. mullet. You would have to get some sort of you would have to get some sort of illustrator, and you know, <laughs> and, and, and draw that mullet on because it was fantastic. And when he would fluff it, and he would stand there, and like, yeah, but he, but he was Chuck, you know. And he, but he was from like what got me was he was from the rock and roll capital. Yeah, yeah. he was from fucking like Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, <laughs> or or somewhere close to that. But yeah, I mean, I I love Chuck. He, he just yeah, he would have just never worked in a in a in a major league locker room. You you like, guys had a you guys had a good conversation about Rebel. What I'll say about him, I think, is to what Aaron said. I think I think he he like to that if he didn't have the he just he he did he was really good at exuding heel heat like i mean he could have been a heat seeker you know it was and, real heat it was just really <laughs> now that i know it was real life <laughs> so he has, a, he has a match here with uh tony hitman stetson yeah and um, i wrote i wrote my note says tore it down <laughs> And then I have a couple of smiley face emojis. So apparently <laughs> yeah. it wasn't going to tore it down. And maybe not. <laughs> uh, Stetson, eh, East Coast guy. To me, just, I don't know, not a fan of that dude. But I don't. I guess I've never, I've never seen enough of him to be a fan or not a fan. He's just kind of there to me in these shows. I don't know if you knew him or not, Chad, Tony Stetson. A team with him against... Uh... Uh, I think nine one one. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> like no, I don't think it was me and Tony against nine one one. I think it was me and Tony against like D- like Donnie Allen and like Joel Hartgood, and then nine one one came out. So what we saw on TV was just the nine one one stuff, <laughs> more than like no, no, it, they, because I well, we'll we'll, we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. But I, I remember there was a there was a night where Paulie put us together on purpose, and he wanted us to fuck up, so the crowd would yell nine one one. Okay. And and he put and he literally put me in charge of booking the match, and I was like, "This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a couple of fuck up spots where we kind of run into each other, and it looks terrible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know how a bad spot goes, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And then we we're gonna do that. And then we were gonna make it look like we were just we just got lost, and then um, and then Joey Styles was gonna be was gonna be yelling how bad the match is, and then the crowd would just start yelling nine one one, you know, and then like literally I I couldn't have been so happy happier because Paul was like Chad I I want you to book this you know, and Tony's was around longer than me, right? Donnie was around probably just as long as me. It probably worked as more than me, and I don't even know the other guy. Honestly, I don't remember who it was. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like that, yeah. that was the way it was. But wait till nice. we get to that. And you watch it because we did. We did just enough. Like we didn't make it look like independent wrestling fake. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So now we have the Superfly Jimmy. Oh Snicker. yeah. Oh yeah. Um. And I'm sure we'll get to. Yeah, the last time you were on the show, or not not the last time, maybe the second to last time you were on the show, you told us your story about your uh, situation with Snuka. Next last time you're on, we can't wrestle, so we'll save that story for the uh, the twenty three hundred pod listeners for when we get to that. But Superfly here, um, being a heel, and I know for me, 
being a guy that was born in 78, I became a fan around 83 when I was five. To me, in my brain, before I got older and started watching older stuff, Snuka was always the babyface Jimmy Snuka. So seeing him as a heel in ECW was kind of weird for me back then. You know, I, I hadn't experienced. I don't think he even knew he was a heel. <laughs> like you said, he probably didn't even know where he was at. <laughs> no, like, he, like you know, he probably, I mean, when, like, do the math. When would him and Eddie Gilbert have, when would their paths have crossed? I don't know. Never. What territory? <laughs> like never. I don't. Unless well, we, I mean, maybe I, late, like in the early '80s, WWF, maybe when, when I have Eddie a match. And, and I have a match there. from like 1990, late '91, early '92. It's a tag team match, and it's Eddie Gilbert and somebody against Jimmy Snuka and somebody, and the two the two somebodies and this local somebodies. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe they even gotten in a ring together, but that would be the only time that I can picture them like their paths crossing. Right. Because, you know, their territory that either one of them has been in, they would have been in there at the same time. Like I said, the only I could think of, and I'd have to go back and look at time frames, Eddie was in the WWF or the WWF in what, the early 80s. He did that tag team with Henning, but I don't know. Yeah, but he was a. Well, yeah, you're right, but I, but when he when he came in was Snuka a heel or a babyface? Uh, I think he or was, was still it right in the middle of the change. Yeah, I think he was still with. Uh, he maybe it's when he was with. Was he with Albano? I don't even remember now. I'd have to go back. Sorry, guys, what are you talking about? We're talking about Snuka and Eddie Gilbert. Honestly, honestly, I don't think that. Um, I don't think that Eddie Gilbert had any interaction with um Eddie Gilbert. In that time period, because I think they were going on two separate paths. Yeah, they mm-hmm. had no interaction until fucking Eddie came out and said, "Hey, Jimmy's part of Hot Stuff Inc." Now, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't believe he didn't call me. <laughs> if, if the first guy you're looking at is is Jimmy Snuka, I mean, I, who is coming out next? Jimmy Valiant. I know I took myself out of the conversation here for a minute, but let me ask ask a question. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either one of you. Um, at, this is the inaugural ECW episode, and Chad, you could answer this better than either one of us. Who would you get? Who would you say is more important? Like if 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 you're looking at it as at, at a wrestling standpoint. Who's more important as a star as, okay, this is our show. This is what we're doing. This is who we got. Who's more important? Jimmy Snuka or Terry Funk? Terry Funk. If that makes sense. I would have thrown Sal Bolomo in there. <laughs> <laughs> you saw him as much as anybody else. Yeah. I mean, the show closes with Bolomo. It starts. Yeah, I, I understand that. But I'm just saying, like, me okay, so uh, well, I fun. think um, I think um, all right. This is kind of hard to say, like oh, without fucking people's names off, because I don't want it to be that way. But I think Jimmy Snooker served his purpose by being there. Mm-hmm. I think he got a. I think that Gilbert, Gilbert and Todd got a a good deal from Jimmy for various reasons. And I think that Terry Funk was their long-term go-to. Yeah, 
you know what I mean? Like, if, if you're booking it, okay, it's like, I have, I have this group of guys, and now I have these two established stars. Like, so you'd say that if you're looking at it as, this is the guy that I'm going to get people to keep watching. It, it, does that make sense? Like, yeah. Is well, it yeah, but, but, but you see how they're starting Funk out as an announcer. Yeah. yeah. Like and, that's and, how. And how, do you want to? Who, whose idea do you think that was? You think that was Eddie's idea, or you think that was Terry's idea? I think it was probably Terry's idea. Yes, it was Terry's idea. And, and, and as soon as Gilbert heard it, he said, "Absolutely, mm-hmm. this is how we do it." You know, because they build like it's it's like I mean, did you guys ever play with Legos? Did you never? Yeah, did you build shit? Yeah, did you know? Did you know how to build that gas the gas station? Lego set in a minute? No, it took you like a weekend. You're like, how the fuck do you build this fucking thing? <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, hey, how we're gonna the, have. How does the nozzle even fit? We're yeah. gonna have we're gonna have Funk and Gilbert have their problem, and then we're gonna build the like Funk and Snooka is what I thought they were doing. I and, and and they might get there. I don't remember if they do or not. But yeah, I I just I, I don't think Snooka was ever 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 figured in like long term. Mm-hmm. I think he was just a name you throw on the poster, and uh, you know what I mean. You know, because wait, you'll see Road Warrior Hawk. Wait till you see Road Warrior Hawk. Well, okay. I would say, and 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 as time goes on, Don Morocco, same boat. Yeah, and, and what are the? Well, I mean, if if you want to name run down the list, yeah, you, you see them all. But you know, they all never. None of them had long term. Mm-hmm. You know, they were just there. They were just names on the on the show because we have these other guys. And that was the good thing about the cleansing. Like when Paul took over. Mm-hmm. Like he well, knew how to move out. He knew, he knew how to move out certain talent and interchange it with, you know, newer talent. Because, like, dude, I mean, like, we're, we're getting ready to talk about, um, well, I had a comment about some cameraman you just see creeping in the middle of Jimmy Snuggins' interview. <laughs> he just comes sneaking through. But then um, there's a Larry Winters match that's on. Like next, yeah. What's Snooker? Snooker? What's uh, that was against Snuka? Okay, yeah. Well, Larry Winters was there from the early days of the tri-state areas. You mm-hmm. know, like you know who who like he, he was there from the. You probably never even heard of the NWL. NWL? No. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember seeing Larry Winters' name in PWI 500s. And then, of course, get to ECW, and I saw him on there. But yeah, other than that, I don't. I didn't know a whole lot about the dude. <laughs> well, there was a there was a company in like New Jersey, Philadelphia area called NWL. And you remember Damian Kane? That yes. name Damian Kane. Mm-hmm. He ran the company. He was he with run... Alexandria. What's that? And his manager was that Miss Alexandria. I guess. I don't... Yeah. <laughs> and he had the bad crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Miss Alexandria. I don't know. Was she really Miss Alexandria? Was that like a was that like a beauty contest thing? Well, I think that was her. He had a ballet or whatever. I think that. Oh, oh, a girl, a, a gimmick. All right, I got you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. But he ran a company in like Jersey and like Philadelphia where he would bring in Brody and like Abdullah and the Sheik. And that's where Goodhart got his start. It's called the NWL. It, okay. I think I think it's on YouTube. If not, it's called Scar Wars. Is the episode? And 
I, if if you can't find it on YouTube, I have it. But that to me is like the fucking is the is the Flint from the whole entire East Coast. You know what I mean? The spark. Mm-hmm. Like what the fuck? We're all bloodthirsty, and then you get Good Heart coming out there with the fucking Sheik and Abby. Hey, these people are paying twenty dollars to see these two fucking guys that are in their fifties, late fifties. <laughs> yeah, like, I was gonna say pushing. Just 60. walk around the ring. <laughs> Like, walk around the ring is all they're going to do. You know, it's like, what the fuck? But these people love that kind of shit, and that's the kind of shit these people love, so they're going to pay for it. So right. Eddie, Eddie Gilbert figured out how to, like, look, some of these guys are halfway decent, some of these guys aren't. And then the deal with Eddie and Paul, I don't have any information about that. So there, <laughs> you can't serve me enough fireball to get me to talk about that shit, because I... <laughs> I got nothing on, on. I got nothing on that. Now I don't even want to know because my life could be in danger if I knew too much about that. <laughs> but oh, I yeah. thought. Oh, yeah. I thought. Um. But after watching like the snooker uh, and the uh, winners match, I really thought that that Stetson could have been a better character. Hmm. I thought Larry Winters was a better worker, like as far as taking his bumps, but I thought Stetson could have worked out better as, if somebody would have came up with a character for him. Right. You know, it, you know, moving on because, but neither one of them, the only two moving on they did was they moved on from the arena back to their fucking houses. <laughs> they didn't go anywhere else. But then I wrote, oh no, right after that. <laughs> oh no? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here comes Sal. <laughs> well, that's he's one of the he's one of the stars. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, kind of the bookend. <laughs> we got we got more Sal. Somebody wanted to push Sal Balomo at this point in time, and that must have been Eddie. <laughs> no, I do that. That was Todd. Yeah, hmm. Todd was probably a Sal Balomo mark. Liked him when he was a kid, and. Wanted to do something with him. Well, I think because Sal had his little toy shop in the same neighborhood that Todd had his jewelry store. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think they never lost contact with each other. Like when 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 Todd started thinking about rolling, did I really wrote all oh, no, in real big letters? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm looking at it right now. I'm just going, Jesus Christ! And, and, um, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to take care of your friends. I mean, that's okay. No, no. of course. I mean, because you know. You think of the name, he's Todd's like, yeah, Sabaloma was a big name forty two years ago. But uh, you know, but we can we can resurrect it. And you know how we're gonna do it? We're gonna put him in the ring against Herve Renesto. <laughs> Renesto. <laughs> or 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 actually I I I I uh I underscore the guy's name that he beat up because he's the guy that saves me from getting beat up by Stan Hansen. Because he had two different names, like I think when when he wrestled on this match when he was uh, when he was old node against Palomo, I think he was Herve Renesto. And then what the one night when when they brought me in and I, I, it may have been my debut night, it really could have been. And I looked at the lineup and it said Stan Hansen versus Chad Austin, and I went, <laughs> I don't, I don't want, I don't want, I, I don't want to do this. I'd have puked. Right? <laughs> I, I probably damn well could have, because we'll, we'll get to this because it somehow winds up in the opening of the TV show. So, 
I'm, I'm just glad it wasn't me. And all of a sudden, I'm getting. I walk over to Stan, and I'm just like, "Hey, man!" And he he tells me he said, "Listen, I just want to tell you right now, I'm blind. Yeah. I can't see what I'm hitting, and I don't hit what I'm seeing." And I went, oh, no. <laughs> that is fucking, "That's very, very, you know, hopeful." And then, like, five, like five minutes before the match starts. I walk up to the thing and I see my name scratched out and it says Herve Benicio. Benicio. <laughs> and then I look in the locker room and I go, who the hell is Herve Benicio? Because I know that Paul's not going to send me out there as Herve Benicio. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a Polish guy. You know, there's no way I'm a Herve Benicio. And then <laughs> come to find out it was, uh, it was Benicio Renesto, whatever. <laughs> and. <laughs> Stan ends ends up taking his uh, lariat and tying him to the fuck. You you guys have all seen the answer. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Where he where he ties the guy to the ring pose and he's headbutting him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that was supposed to be Chad Austin. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, I don't hit what I'm seeing. I don't see what I'm hitting. Should be a t-shirt. That's a it's a missed opportunity. Well, That's a great thing to say. <laughs> all you saw was my throat just go oh, like this, this drop. <laughs> And I just said, like, because he, he's on the list of the guys that I never, ever wanted to work. It's Hanson, Brody, Abby, Sheik. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's one of them lists. Like, I don't want any, I don't, I don't want anything to do with any of this. You know, <laughs> like, I, I don't want you to fucking, like, you know, I didn't have a problem with New Jack because New Jack, I could possibly at least fall back. Mm-hmm. But the other guys, nothing was going to happen there. What was I going to do? You know? <laughs> So they were on my list of like, what am I gonna do against Abdullah? Say no. You know, stop stiffing me, fat motherfucker. Yeah. Or I'll fuck you in the face. <laughs> uh, that wasn't gonna happen. And your ribs suck too, by the way, Larry. <laughs> but all, all in all, I thought it was um. I mean, are we are we gonna do a grade thing for this or? Well, I was just gonna ask. I was just gonna ask final thoughts before we wrapped up. Um, cause my, my final thought on it was watching this, you, you're watching the, you know, you're watching the beginning seeds of ECW, but at this point, really watching this show is almost like watching any other nineties independent organization. Like you were alluding to earlier, you got your guys whose names you put on your poster and then you have your every show local guys and, you know that it, it just it felt like in, in any other indie indie show I watched during that time period, um, and obviously that's going to change. But you're right. There's a you know we're we're going to get to an, an exodus of a lot of talent here coming well, up, and and well, um, I'll say my opinion before Chad puts his on, or I can vice versa. I I would say this that I would say in this show. They, like I said, at the beginning of the show, they established their um, tournament. Okay, we're gonna do we're we're having this tournament, and then we have these two big stars, Terry Funk and Eddie Gilbert, and we're gonna have this feud, and this is the basis of what our show is gonna do. And mm-hmm. honestly, in this. And I know it's 38. I'll say this: it's 38 minutes on the WWE Network. In 38 Correct. in 38 minutes, 
these guys did more than what fucking Raw does now in two hours and 38 minutes. Yes. Uh, and, more, and, and it was more entertaining. And it was more entertaining. Like, they said, this is what the show is, this is what the feud is, and this is what the storyline going through is. So, they showed you more and did more in 38 minutes than what the WWE does now in two hours and 38 minutes, in my opinion. My turn? Yes, sir. Well, I kind of disagree with that because I think 38 minutes was way too short and there's no way you can put that up against three hours. Mm -hmm. I mean, three hours is still 100 and what, 38 minutes or two or whatever. It's, it's an, it's over an hour and a half, right? Or it's an hour and a half. Yeah. It's a, I think it, I think it rounds out at about two fifteen, probably. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of like, they have to be really bad. (laughs) And if you're going to do, if you're going to do over 38 minutes, which I agree, they did a lot, but they had a they had a lot of production issues, not just with the um, the WWE thing, but if you watch the timing of the show, there was still like six minutes mm-hmm. when it went off the air because they just kept leaving the graphic up there, like you know, <laughs> like they didn't have anything else. They couldn't put a hundred Q Robinson uh, video or promo there. <laughs> But what I'm saying is they they still established a story that made you want to watch it again. Well, establish a story is not what they did. They planted a seed for a story because it was their first. It it was their first. I'll give you that. What's that? So I'll give you that. But I'm just saying, like, it made made me want to watch it again. Because yeah, because it's not like the show's been on for weeks and weeks and weeks, and everybody's Mm -hmm. gone. Well, I wonder what Gilbert's going to do here, you know, because it was the first show. It's like, wow, they're going to plant the seed. Oh, Gilbert's going to make this fucking hot stuff and hide. I think I'm in that hot stuff and hide international. I I didn't (laughs) have a phone call in a while. Oh, yeah, I forgot that he died like fucking 27 years ago. But yeah, but you know what I mean? It's just uh, they had like some of the the timing issues weren't there. And, and that's going to come. That's not a, you know, that's not really anything to really bitch about. That's going to happen. But yeah, you're going to start seeing all these guys getting, getting like shipped away and all. But all in all, I would say it was a solid, I don't know. I mean, if we're doing one out of 10, I would do a six and a half. And if I was doing stars, I would do three and, I don't know, quarter? Mm hmm. Is that fair? I mean, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Sal Lobo was, was, was that extra quarter. <laughs> I got to see him out there a couple times. You know, no, it was, anytime it was definitely... you throw some guy that has no idea what the fuck he's. No, I'm not kidding. He has no idea what the fuck he has going on. When he shows up, he looks like that. He don't come on a suitcase. And then it's you what? wonder, you wonder who's driving him. And then all of a sudden, he has his match, and he just walks out back, and you don't see him anymore. <laughs> Like, just, like, and, and nobody, nobody goes. Uh, actually, I think one time Hack said, uh, "Anybody seen Sal?" <laughs> and everybody's like, "No." And then somebody <laughs> made a comment about him like leaving on one of his toy fucking wood like cars or whatever. <laughs> and, and and if I'm not mistaken, that was probably the last time that I've ever seen him. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, if you grew up in the sunset in his wooden car, that's fantastic. ECW, <laughs> it's going to get better, and we're and we're clearly going to see it as we go on because we've all seen the stuff already, and we know what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like Eddie, Eddie had nothing to work with. I mean, you know, right? Like, what if somebody says, "Okay, we we, we have a I don't know, just say." Five thousand dollar budget. You know, you got to pay maybe two to the fucking building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. And how much? What do you think Terry Funk's coming in? Yeah, oh, he's, yeah. Not, he's not working for for Cheetos. That's for sure. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> he's not passing through on his way to. Uh, you know. <laughs> I just figure I'd stop by, and if you have I mean, any work for me, this is the this is the guy that quit working for Vince McMahon by leaving him a note that his horse was sick. So he's not. Yeah. Uh, he's well, <laughs> that's like in that documentary, the the hardcore home homecoming or whatever. The documentary, he's basically told um, Ty Gordon, he's like, "Hey, but if you want me to come up here, it's gonna back, it's gonna bankrupt your company." Uh, yeah, I mean, because I'm sure Terry was going to be on a salary. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure Terry wasn't going to be on a um, because if you, if you're going to get if honestly, I mean, this is my opinion and my opinion only. If you're going to get Terry and Funk invested in your company and you want him involved in long term plans, you have to book him on a salary. That way, you can book him whenever you need to have him. Right. You yeah. know, you, you don't let you don't let him book from. Some, don't let him get booked from some fucking, I don't know, outlaw, you know, company, you know, where it fucks up the date where you, you know, you go, I can't make it. Well, fuck you, you know, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm paying you X amount of, and it's probably a thousand plus right. dollars a week that, you know, I want you to be exclusive because we'll see it as we come along. Terry Funk did a lot of exclusive shit for ECW right. yeah. where I'm sure because Eddie Gilbert loved it. And I'm sure you're going to see him start coming up more and more and doing promo and stuff. But oh no, I thought it was a, it was a decent show, especially for a yeah. first show on an independent Jabroni network like Philadelphia. I don't know what it's called, Sports yeah. something, something or other. <laughs> Sports Time Ohio or wherever. Yeah. Well, that is cool. it. We are done with the first episode of the 2300 Pot, and I think it went really well, guys. Thank you for joining me. Thank you all for joining us. And you're um, welcome. We, we look forward to many, 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 many more episodes of ECW. Chad, thank you for being here, and I'm excited to uh, to get this show started. Well, I can't wait to be on the show next week because I really had a great time going back and watching on the network, you know, the mm-hmm. old episode, and seeing little things that I didn't recognize the first time that I watched it. And I can't wait to move forward to when we get to the shows that I was at. Yes. And I could have a little more insight, but yeah, this has been a fantastic uh, journey, and I and I really can't wait to move on. All right, thank you everybody for joining us, and we will. It's going to be April thirteenth, nineteen ninety three, next week on the second edition. Thank you for joining us once again on the twenty three hundred pod, and we will see you next week.
Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the second edition of the 2300 Pod. Nate Maxson here with you from the We Can't Wrestle podcast, along with my brother Aaron. Aaron, how's it going? Good. All right, and Chad Austin of ECW is here with us. As original. We, as we chronicle the history of ECW, we did the episode last week from April 6th of 1993. It wasn't terrible. Now we got this week's show from April 13th of 1993, and it might be a little different story. But before we do that, before we before we get into this week's show, because of some discussion we had last week, I did some research. Now I didn't go to the Library of Congress or anything, but I did do, do a little Googling, and I found out our mystery about Stevie Wonderful. Um Stevie oh, Wonderful. No. Stevie Wonderful was not <laughs> was not a was not a wrestling guy, actually. Apparently his name is Steve Truitt. And he was and actually he's a just... registered sex offender. <laughs> he, he was he was actually the uh, the first sound guy for ECW when Todd Gordon and his other business partner started it up. I found this article online about the business history of ECW. So there you go. There's the answer. Stevie Wonderful was so, the sound so where, guy. Where would you where would you rate him then, as far as how how his work was compared to who else was on the show? We well, thought he and, was a worker, right? Right, and I thought about that too. Like, actually, for a guy that was just moonlighting as an announcer, now not too shabby, really. <laughs> for yeah, an I mean, for an indie well, announcer, a, he was every bit as credible as the Sandman or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? I mean, seriously, Chris, or Chris Davis or Chris Michaels. I can't wait to get into that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, for those of you that uh, want to pause the show and go find this, uh, this show on the WWE network or YouTube or wherever you watch it. If you want to watch it first, it's April 13th, 1993. And Aaron, I'll let you start us off with the intro here. Um, well, I put the, the awkward Jay Sully and the great unknown Stevie wonderful open the show, but now he's not great or unwonderful or unknown. <laughs> um, but they open the show, and it's kind of a clunky little opening, and Jay Sully seems confused like he always does, and Stevie Wonderful just does his thing. And then um, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert comes out, and Stevie, Wonder- Stevie Wonderful declares him the king of the tes- Texas Deathmatch. <laughs> And yeah, Stevie Wonderful I- Stevie Wonderful's the authority to make a proclamation like this, right, yes. guys? <laughs> I- and I, also- I wrote... I had I had written down that I said Gilbert is not at his best here. Like everything to me just seemed like it was just so rushed. Like yeah. he was in a hurry to mm-hmm. get this and Sully, like thing over. Sully forgets how to use a microphone. Like during the whole thing, they like he's did. holding the microphone, but he doesn't <laughs> even like put like he's talking to Gilbert, but he's holding the microphone down by his fucking peck, and then like. <laughs> Like they're trying to do their thing, and Sully has no fucking idea what's going on. This yeah. this fucking yeah. opening segment's a fucking train wreck. I, I I wrote that Funk was great because he dumped the Perrier water on Gilbert, and Gilbert yeah. sold it like it was like you know like, like <laughs> yeah, contact or something. Yeah, like it was battery acid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I was like, this is fucking. This is already going out of control, and, and it's with Eddie Gilbert and Terry Funk, and it's like like Funk. I, I think Funk had no idea what he was doing there, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like he just the whole entire show. We'll, we'll get we'll get into it as we talk about the show, but he just seems like he had no idea. Yeah, he's like, just there for the ride, man. Yeah. 
And I, I, I did. I don't know if you guys disagree, but I did like the the little needling heel of Eddie saying "my people." I, I did like, I did like that. Yeah, like Eddie and Terry did a great job, but just fucking Sully, he didn't hold the mic where he needed to hold it, and it, 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 it came off as just a clusterfuck, in my opinion. Yeah, there, mm-hmm. there was all kinds of, there was all kinds of not good with the head, like <laughs> you know, and it's with fucking Gilbert, so you don't have any idea, like you know. Like I said, I think Gilbert just rushed everything. Like, mm-hmm. just, you know, we had to make it quick kind of thing. Right. We've got four minutes for TV. And yeah, we got to get yeah. this over real quick. We got to do this angle. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> so that was Funk. That was Funk being brought in as the, the real special co host. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So then we moved on to Johnny Hotbody versus Glenn Osborne. And am and- I not mistaken? That was a, a tournament match for the TV title, right? It was. It was. And I think my, and Johnny, my, Hotbody, Johnny, Johnny Hotbody weighs 300 pounds, counting his ego. Right. <laughs> what I've a and, and is there is there any, like, I, I, I might be wrong, but it's like Johnny Hotbody, when I look at him, is there any more of like an East Coast indie 90s guy than Johnny Hotbody? Yeah, keep watching the rest of the show. <laughs> they're, they're all the same guy. Yeah. I mean, like but literally, I'm watching the show just going. Exude, I, he just exudes that to me. Like he just, he just, yeah. I wrote, I wrote down that this had to be the first match of the TV taping that night because this was every first match at an indie show I've ever seen. <laughs> Pretty much in, in Jersey or the Eastern or the East Coast, I bet you, like they they are sold show guys. They're guys that are on them shows that like the corporations buy, yeah. you know, or the, in a, you know, and they're on that show because they they're big. They look like wrestlers, blah blah. blah. Well, you know, they're just them guys. I, I mean, wrote, um, I wrote like, who is the ref? And I wrote at one point, what the fuck is Terry Funk saying? <laughs> He was saying something about Glenn Osborne like taking too many two counts, and then the, the three count might accidentally slip in. And and I'm just like, what, like, what show are you watching, Terry? <laughs> and to me, Glenn Osborne looks like he's Glenn Osborne is built like a huge midget. Like he looks like a midget, like a super tall midget to me. I, I wrestled him one time. I mean, I don't have no problem with him. I wrestled him one time, and he was a big dude. And I gave him the arm ringer from a lockup, mm-hmm. and he literally told me to lighten up, brother. <laughs> and I just was like, what? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look at you and look at me. I mean, seriously. <laughs> but, but to me, that's just how he, he looked to me. Like, he has, like, stubby little arms and a big forehead. And, and he just looked like a like a super tall midget. Like did you, uh, <laughs> did you did you make a note about the awful ref bump? I did not. Oh but my what god! I, where, he threw, where he threw like hot body into the corner, and he came out and he ducked, and um, Osborne was way too close to the corner that he had to run to hit the referee to clothesline him. <laughs> now, what like, I did actually that may have been what I wrote. What I, why I wrote this uh, this note that I have here because I wrote because I remember you last week talking about this ring, like this ring being smaller, and. I noticed these guys, it seemed like they were like half a step off a lot during this match. And it seemed like they weren't, it seemed like they weren't, uh, they didn't have a feel for the size of the ring. I guess I'll put it that way. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know. I mean, 
I just thought it. No, no, <laughs> that was um, that um, that ref bump when when a uh, hot body hit the corner, and you know how they do a spot where you hit the corner hard, you come running out for the clothesline, and the guy's there, mm-hmm. and the referee's right behind him. The referee wasn't right behind. <laughs> like Eddie had to make kind of a left to like hit him. <laughs> like it wasn't like he was behind him like a step and he accidentally hit him. He had to kind of like like I said, like, do, make a left. Do a little jog, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like you had to turn to hit him still. Oh it's oh boy. And then I wrote, Wow, what a promo from Glenn Osborne after What the fuck? And fucking Osborne goes over hot body because Tommy Cairo gets involved. And, and the other thing that to me, just as a fan, I thought this match went like way too long. Like I think everything went, we've seen so far has went way too long. <laughs> no, I mean, no, 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 I don't. I don't mean that. Like, like I'm shitting on it. Like. After we talk about some of the other matches that were on here, I think all this went way too long. You could have cut this down to like thirty you know, minutes. These matches to you know to like um, highlights or video mm-hmm. packages or you know whatever. But nobody really needs to see Johnny Hotbody and Glenn Osborne for like twelve minutes. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> this was bad. I, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I like both guys. You know, whatever. That's my Chris Cloud match of the week. And you don't know Chris Clow. He's a friend of mine, but he's a terrible, terrible worker. And every time I can shit on him, I do. And I forgot to shit on him last week. So that's my Chris Clow match of the week. That was bad. I like Johnny Hotbody as a heel. I'm not a big fan of Glenn Osborne at all. Like, as soon as this guy is off the TV, it's better for everybody in my opinion. The funny thing about Glenn Osborne is when I used to see him in the – in the magazines in the early nineties, like the PWI five hundreds or when they do, you know, just a, yeah, I thought he was cool. Yeah. Yeah. He looked awesome. cool in the magazines. And then when you saw him for real, it was like, yeah, not so much. Good job, Bill after. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I, I didn't have a, I didn't have anything off the charts with him as far as a match. I mean, I don't, I never had a problem with him personally, but mm-hmm. I mean, just for him to be like telling me to lighten up on an arm drag when I'm 180 pounds and he's Glenn Osborne. The mad man from the Badlands? I don't know. Fuck. And that, and like you said, that promo after the match was fucking abysmal. That was yeah, terrible. It was terrible. It's every it's every Northeast indie guy's promo. You know, I mean, and, and the and it could the only thing that could have made it any worse was he would have yelled "baby, baby." Yeah, that's what that's that's my that's my biggest pet peeve in any promo. Like I, I've actually made it a point to never ever say the word "baby" in a promo, like baby. because I just it just sounds so jabroni. Baby like, and baby and daddy. Yeah, daddy. No, I don't know. I mean, it depends on where you're at. In, in the south, you can be yeah, yeah, daddy could work. But now that that promo at the end, and then he's like, yeah, yeah, that, that fucking. That Glenn Osborne promo was fucking terrible. Two guys, two, about, two, two guys in the audience popped, and they were fucking hammered. You know, everybody about Glenn. Everything about to me, and I, I know you said he was like a good worker or whatever, but everything to me about Glenn Osborne is just terrible. <laughs> okay, I mean, I mean, I'm not here to change your mind. I, mean, I understand that, but I'm just, and you're not going to because that guy, is yeah, well, a fucking train wreck, man. 
Well, now we like I said, the- I only worked him once. I mean, I didn't have a. I mean, I've been in the locker room with him, you know, tons of times, mm-hmm. you know, and talked to him, but I just never had to work him but one time, and I was just like, that wasn't the greatest experience I've ever had. <laughs> It's like you know, T Rex arms, T Rex arms, and a giant baby head. <laughs> not everybody has good chemistry together. You know what I mean? It's not even. It's not his fault. No, <laughs> it's, not, get, it's not my fault. Now we get to the moment that you alluded to uh, when we started the show, Chad. The Chris Michaels oh, yeah. match. Oh yeah. All right, we yeah, got Larry, was, uh, Larry, Larry Winters, Winters and the um, Tony the Hitman Stetson versus the oh, Samoan yeah. Warrior. And Chris Michaels. And apparently, Larry Winters and Tony Stetson are the number one contenders. Oh, yeah. And, and the Samoan Warrior and Chris Michaels don't even get a fucking internet, like, introduction on TV. They're just out there. <laughs> and the Samoan, the Samoan Warrior looks like he just showed up and they put some underwear on him and told him to go out and I, do his I, best. I have a feeling that we have we've used him before in Maryland. Simone sure. Warrior. Yeah, okay. I I I think he's he's got actually has some lineage. You know, I, I mean, mm-hmm. apparently Alpha and Sika were the Adam and Eve of the Samoan family <laughs> because everybody gets traced back. Every single Samoan gets traced back to Alpha and Sika. You know, <laughs> who is the female? And, and, uh, <laughs> And, uh, and, and Chris, Michaels, Chris Michaels, I don't know what it is about him. There was just something about his about his work and his look that interests me. Like, you know, he could be like a good like a good manager kind of guy. And mm-hmm. I I think he was I think he was either gone before I got there or maybe I was there after one show that he was on, but he wasn't there much longer. But he stuck out to me. But Larry right. St- Larry Winters and Tony Stetson probably didn't stick out to me. Like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Like, and I, and like I said, I'm not a, obviously not a wrestler. I'm a fat schlub. But fucking um, Chris Michaels does a spot in the match that seems oh, yeah. completely out of place, where he skins the cat. Like he right he, goes, right, he goes right. into the ropes, chest first. <laughs> And flips over, and it makes absolutely no sense. And then he attempts to skin the cat, but he doesn't even fucking do it properly. Yeah, I have and, it written on my paper. I wrote the skin the cat spot because it was it, fucking I mean, you, terrible. You, you know, if you didn't catch, if if you caught that, because that was clearly after the neck breaker spot, where um, Hot Body threw the dude in. And he go, and Stetson like um or Hot Body punches him in the stomach and he bends over and Stetson comes in for the neck breaker but Chris Michaels completely went the other way like with the bump you know how this Bobby Eaton spot is where you do that punch to the gut neck breaker spot mm-hmm. well Chris Michaels went the other way so he totally jumped out of Tony at Tony Stetson's arms but then I wrote skin the cat spot oh boy what the <laughs> oh boy was that thing? like what was Chris Michaels doing like it made how absolutely they, no yeah. sense how did they get them guys to go along with that like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here and everybody's and just somehow, looking at him like what the fuck is this guy doing and then somehow right after that i just had to i had the word shitty clothesline <laughs> like pretty much everybody in ecw at a time could anybody in that company throw a fucking clothesline <laughs> like that, that that's bullshit like 
Oh no, wait a minute. We're not gonna making a. Uh, um. Oh yeah. Then. Um. Yeah. Nobody knows how to throw a good clothesline. It, it throw that stiff arm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they kind of just kind of. You know what's stupid? Like watch Stan Hansen take somebody's head off. You know, <laughs> watch a guy who knows how to throw a clothesline throw a clothesline. These clotheslines are terrible. <laughs> and then at some, at some point there was a a, a Tony Stetson and, and Larry Winters interview where or Terry Funk. Terry Funk. He, he, he butchered the Jefferson's theme. In my notes, it says Terry Funk interviews Stetson and Winters, Winters and fucks up the Jefferson's theme. <laughs> Jefferson, they're moving on up. I wrote, that's what I got. I wrote, it was, uh, it says Winterson, Winters sets it over slash Funk makes a Jefferson's reference. <laughs> but oh, yeah. doesn't even get it right. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, Mr. Breath himself. Yeah. <laughs> and why was Hunter Q. Robbins the third comparing these two guys to the Simpsons? He's like, yeah, it's like he, called, he called Larry Winters <laughs> and fucking. Chris, I also have that written down. Larry Winters and Ted St- or Tony Stetson, um, Bart Simpson, Simpson, and your stupid dad Homer. <laughs> I actually have it written down on? too. I said Hunter made a Simpsons joke. <laughs> it's like what the do. fuck is happening? This <laughs> act makes absolutely no sense. And then the Super D's come out, and they at least at least the Super D's look fucking presentable, credible. I mean, yeah. probably as besides Funk and I mean Gilbert, who are in non really working capacities, they mm-hmm. look the most credible talent as far as what I've seen on the show so far. And they look like a team. <laughs> yeah, that, that I'm sorry, I hate to go back to it, but that Hunter Q. Robbins Simpsons thing, I was like, where where did this come from? Is this an insight? Yeah, you joke? look you you and look not like to Mark mention, Simpson and his stupid retarded father or whatever he the, said. And and it, Larry Winters obviously looks like the older of the two, so wouldn't he be Homer? I mean, if we're gonna go with your joke all the way, Hunter. <laughs> oh, poor Hunter. He's just <laughs> shit talking because of his halitosis. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about the next match? It was a barn burner. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> well, first of all, we get the Sandman promo with lots of the word well, "yeah." Well, That's see, what I see with Terry right. Funk. We got Terry Funk. And he's dressed like like an early '90s divorced dad at a local bar. It's like he works at Roadhouse. Yeah, like he's like, hey, he loves my Brooks wife and just, Dunn. My wife just left me. I'm looking for like a 18 year old girl. I'm gonna. He's fucking... gonna bo- he's gonna boot scoot boogie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like an early '90s dad that's just looking to just prey on an innocent woman. You know, I got a question because I, I didn't catch it. I actually turned my head. Where did they announce the Sandman as being built? Like, it was from somewhere in California, but I don't remember what they said it was. Was it Oceanside? It might be Oceanside. I'll have to, I, I'll, I mean, I'd have yeah, to go back I mean, and look again. Because I'm He's, just thinking, like, when he was cutting that promo and he had that New Jersey, Philadelphia accent, and I was like, where the fuck are they building the Sandman? He's got that, you know? that, that crew cut and that little fucking Sandman. On it. Oh. Sandman's like uh, um, uh, from a Columbus, it is, it Ohio. Is Oceanside. It is Oceanside. Is it Oceanside, Oceanside California. He's like, uh, Oceanside, California. 
He's he's like he's from a Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, that's no, no. yeah. <laughs> hey, and, and, and at this point, the interview was going like whatever the match was going so bad. I kept noticing that stupid looking high school looking ECW banner is in the background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Terry Funk like looks at Sandman and goes, "Tell me all the great things you did for the kids." Yeah. Like, I don't well, want to know what Sandman did to the kids. <laughs> well, that's actually a shoot. Honestly, like because Todd Gordon was big with the um, the Special Olympics and then mm-hmm. doing like them shows, you know, for the, you know, the handicapped kids, something mm-hmm. like that. And Sandman was always on them and always volunteers time. So, like, there's there's a lot of shows that nobody has on tape or seen from Todd Gordon that he ran for these charities. Okay. So that's actually kind of a shoot. I mean, everybody can think a hack for what they want to think a hack as, <laughs> but it's the fact that, yeah, he did do shit for charities. Well, that's cool, and I understand that. But like when when um, Terry Funk was like, "Oh, Sandman, tell me what you did for the kids." I was looking at the front row, and the front row of the fans. I was like, "Man, this is in a high school gym," and a lot of the front row fans shouldn't probably even be in a gym, let alone <laughs> around high school or <laughs> junior school children is what they look like to me. <laughs> like my like hat man. Should he be around? Yeah, I, I made they a note about him I, I made a note about him going, God damn, fucking like Hawaiian shirt guy or hat guy or whatever. You know, like dude God, I how long is how long I've seen that guy just be there mm-hmm. forever? <laughs> see, All them guys. See, see, well, okay. This is another note I have, and before we jump ahead too much, I want to ask this, Chad. Um, there's two guys on this show that um, are staples of it, and it might be people to, that don't get talked about a lot, and. I wanted to see if you had any stories about him, and it's John Finnegan and Jim Malaro, the the referees. Those guys were there the entire time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, do you have any Do you have any stories about the refs? Because to me, like a referee is, a, is is like an unsung hero in wrestling, and and they don't get talked about. And John Finnegan and Jim Malaro, they were in ECW from. Obviously, now yes. start until the end, and I didn't know if you had any stories. No, I mean, I don't have any. I don't have any road stories with them. And it, 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 here's the good thing about it: if I don't have anything to tell you about them, then they didn't do anything. Fucking yeah, they were good guys. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, and they were good guys. Like you know, you could. You, I mean, you could talk. You hang out, like you know, because I guess they were. I'm assuming they were local guys. You know, Philadelphia guys. Because I, I would drive home most of the time unless it was a you know two week, a weekend shot thing. So mm-hmm. I would drive home so I wouldn't hang out at the hotels. But yeah, I guess they were Philly guys. But yeah, I mean they were just regular guys. They were um totally cool. And if I don't have anything to tell you about them, then that's probably the best thing to tell you about them. Okay. <laughs> but all right, I was I was just trying to get at the fact that like in a match, like the ref is. In ECW? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. 
just, I was just trying to get some referee stories. That's okay. I mean, in ECW, a referee? <laughs> I mean, he was just kind of hanging out. <laughs> yeah, he, he's pretty just. He's just counting the three. He's. Yeah, I was gonna say he's. He's there for the uh, for the illusion. Yeah, pretty much. Does anybody know anything about the ferocious Kodiak bear? <laughs> well, I worked those shows with him. I don't know anything really about him, but I, I know he's one of them Jersey guys. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we talked about like you know the, the um, hot bodies, Stetson. He, uh, was he? he was the, uh, who was he with? Who did he work? Oh, Sandman. Yeah. Oh, boy. With, yeah. What, what, I, what I write about this one? That was the ECW uh, title match. It, it, I wrote, uh, well, apparently there was a, a clothesline that was bad again. <laughs> <laughs> Another one. And then I wrote, at one point, I wrote, uh, I wrote, boy, this show is a doozy. <laughs> it sure right, is. Right after that. This was another match that, could have been at least 75% shorter. Um, well, Terry Funk even mentioned it. He said how Kodiak Bear was trying to feel out the champion and see how long he could go. I'm like, no, we don't want to see how long you can go. Fuck it, how long could we have TV time for? The Kodiak Bear is not money. I'm sorry, he's just not money. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Good God. The, oh, yeah. we got we we got something coming up after this, and I don't I, know. I love the fact that I have this show as a doozy written <laughs> written on there. I don't know what I, I don't know what I wrote this down. What song did Terry randomly sing on commentary? Who? Terry Funk randomly sang a. I, I should have wrote the song down. He was randomly singing a song. On did you catch it, Aaron? No. Oh. Damn. I'm. I, I can't. I don't know why I didn't write the song down, but there, during commentary on this, Terry was just randomly singing like some '50s song. I'm gonna have to well, go back. I, I know that that during I this match, they were talking about how Peaches and Tiger were like the hottest things in the world. And I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ! Well, it so is this your, <laughs> if this is your equivalent of like hot chicks, it's like we're. Oh, wasn't Peaches Sammy's wife? Yeah. Like legit, right? Wife? Yeah. I, I kind of got it confused. I wasn't sure if she was or not. But yeah, I, I got you. But Tiger, yeah. I don't know shit about. She wasn't. But but basically, they were trying to sell like Peaches and Tiger as being like these like, super hot divas or whatever in the ECW. And they, it, it, was, it, was, it was pretty Nobody rough. Nobody was buying it. <laughs> I, 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 I certainly wasn't buying a ticket to the ECW arena to see Peaches or Tigers. I tell you that, and I don't understand. Yeah. I don't. I didn't even understand why. What was it? Is it Tigra or Tigress? I think it's Tigress because it's a there's a Latino community there, and I think that's kind of Spanish or something. Because I I didn't even understand when the match started why she was randomly just walking out around ringside. I was like, is she there with the Kodiak bear? Like, what's going on here? Is she is that her? They were they were basically peaches and tigress <coughs> were taking jackets yeah. and shit. That was their job, and they yeah, were that, trying that, to sell them to me. And like, yeah, that that to me was just like, come on, just. Get, get get on with this. I mean, because I mean, what what was, what was the next thing? Wasn't it the um, 
The next thing uh, is the the Eddie Gilbert J T oh, Gil- Smith yeah, match. Gil- yeah, all right. All right. I had to change my my notes, my pages. Like, <laughs> I, all I wrote was okay, Gilbert versus J T Smith, and I wrote not awful. Yeah, yeah. That's and what I, I put. It's like I put tournament match Eddie Gilbert versus J T Smith. Finally, something good. Yeah, like I good. think these guys are gonna have a good match. J T Smith, I think, is a good worker. Eddie Gilbert obviously was fantastic. And these guys are actually gonna put something out there that's gonna be worth watching. I actually, I, I'm a big, huge like fan of JT Smith. Mm-hmm. I just feel so bad when he tries to do high risk maneuvers. Yeah, it's <laughs> he just falls in his face. They they never pan out for him, right? <laughs> and and you know, literally, I'm like, right, he's trying his best. You know, he's a great athlete, but yeah, so, he's just getting. He fucks so, moonsaults up. <laughs> so is, is do you think do you think that because I, I was going to ask you if you had any any uh, stories about him, but my first question, I guess, now that we brought okay. that up, is do you think that at some point that became a work? Thank you. As opposed to reality, you know what I mean. Well, of course it was. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's what. Like when you people, see the Michael, people wanted, people wanted to fucking chant it, JT, that he fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, that was the thing. That, I mean, yeah, but you, you you didn't have to say that like a year, like years before they made it a deal. Like you could see him do stupid shit. That Mike Awesome thing will live in infamy. I was oh, in, the, I was in the locker room when that thing happened, and mm-hmm. and if you would have seen everybody in that locker room, I don't even I couldn't even tell you names because it was everybody. Like, were they grimaced or whatever? Like, oh Jesus Christ! Dude, we all ran to the monitor, like, like as far, we were like sitting in chairs, and then when we saw it, we all just kind of like ran up to the monitor and be like, "What the fuck is this? You know, <laughs> is he okay?" And then when he, the referees like, "Hey, he's all right," we're like, "How the fuck is this guy okay?" He was he was bent in half and backwards in half. half. Yeah, he it looked like he. Like killed he has him. like an exoskeleton or whatever. It's like it's fucking insane. And pretty, pretty much, pretty much the only thing, yeah, pretty much the only thing I wrote about about that match was that it was not awful, and I said that old finish that you know <laughs> yeah. Morocco and Tito whatever mm-hmm. gimmick whatever that was you know that was kind of what it was. It was definitely the best thing on this show. And, by far, and I, I think I think JT. JT Smith, in my opinion, is uh, underrated. Like I, th- I think the guy could have, like, I don't know, maybe done something in like a WWF, or WCW, and and I don't know, man. He was pretty fucking clumsy, <laughs> uh, and that's not even like me, like making fun of him, kind of thing. He was a liability. But like a personality wise. Oh no, he could, he, he could be an agent. Oh, he could be an agent or do anything like you know, per, like you said, personality wise. Yeah, like a manager or something like that. Like when he was like uh when he became like Italian or whatever, like the yeah, FBI sure. deal. Was he was entertaining as shit. I well thought. that's what I that's what I was about to say. You probably could have slapped him into a a Santino Morella like role, like where he he's the the, like a goofy the, yeah, the the goofy jagoff that's hanging out with a diva or something, you know, to for comic relief. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I totally believe that, but just him on the top rope shouldn't be fucking. <laughs> it really shouldn't be seen. 
That's not that's not good for anybody. <laughs> but wait a minute. After that match, who do we get next? Another champion is it another tournament match? No, that one was a tournament match. This oh. is just the main event. The, this is the, the main event. With no intros. We just come Join the just... progress I wrote. <laughs> we uh we come into a uh, cold, a cold. We come in cold to a match. Cairo, Tommy Cairo and the Super Ninja. Yeah, who oh, the fuck yeah. was that guy? I wrote. I wrote. I have no idea who it is. It might have. <laughs> it might have just been one of the Super D's with a different outfit on. Maybe. No, this guy was smaller. This guy was way smaller, and yeah. I had a feeling you got. I had a feeling you guys are going to ask me who the ninja was. So I literally <laughs> wrote like, I have no idea who that no yeah, was. I put. <laughs> Super Ninja, ask Chad, who the fuck was the Super Ninja? <laughs> and, and what, but there was a, uh, all I wrote that it was joined in progress and there was a spin kick spot. <laughs> well, yeah, I loved how Tommy, I hit, loved, a good, Tommy I, hit a good spin kick. He did. I loved how the announcers, like the Super Ninja guy, is just doing regular, regular, like, this little chops and stuff, and they're calling it martial arts. Or, like, he's just doing a regular, a regular do. kick. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't have many ninjas you know, but the ones that I know, they do all that shit. <laughs> I only know six or seven. I only know six or worst, seven, but they're retired. <laughs> the worst white ninja ever. Is yeah, I mean, who, who are these white ninjas? <laughs> like Al Snow as Shinobi, and and Hot Body gets involved and. In in the end of this match, like Johnny Hotbody tries to get involved, but this is the most ineffective <laughs> guy attempting to get involved in a match I've ever seen. Like he tries to get involved and, 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 and fuck the finish, but the finish still happens. Like Tommy Cairo still wins his match. And then fucking Hotbody still gets his ass beat. Like Johnny Hotbody was the most ineffective <laughs> Interferer in the history of wrestling at this moment. It's like you didn't like, you, you didn't end the finish because Cairo still won, and then you get your ass beat to the back. It was terrible. wasn't there a ref bump in that match? They attempted it, and it was terrible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that match was ridiculous. I mean, it was completely ridiculous, and and the whole entire finish, I like, I just. I actually, the next thing I wrote was the go home promo from Funk was all over the place because oh, I just yeah, couldn't. Him and Ty Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. What? A, I mean, who is Ty Gordon? Think he is out there? <laughs> Who's the guy that does the jewelry thing in Philadelphia? I hate Steven Singer. Like, <laughs> that's who he's look. He's coming across like on TV. He's like I hate. I'm the I hate Steven Singer guy. <laughs> Terrible. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know what your opinion of this whole entire show was, but I can, if I had to give him, I don't know, a, what, a, what do you do, a one through five or one to ten? Yeah, one, one out of, out of, I put, I mean, to be honest with you, out of ten, I have it as a four. And that's, that's mainly because there were things in it that made me laugh. <laughs> and I liked the Eddie Gilbert JT Smith match. Okay. I gave the. I gave this show like a negative four. <laughs> I give it up. <laughs> like this, this show, show yeah, that show stunk. 
This show was really bad. Yeah, it was. Like, it was so bad to the point where I'm actually glad that I didn't use the paper that's in my notebook. <laughs> so write down the notes on it. I, I used my wife's paper the, from her notebook to write it down on because I don't want this to ever resurface in my life again. That I watched this, show. Like, this. This was a really fucking rough show, and if <clears throat> if you're gonna go off um, the first show we watched, which is really good, and then you're gonna go off of this one, it's like, man, why would I? Why would I uh, want to watch it? And just just as an oh. example, just as an example, we last week we spent close to an hour talking about that show, and this show we've gone thirty six minutes and we're already done because it just there wasn't a lot to to rave about about this. Oh show. no, there wasn't. <laughs> there was a lot of Glenn Osborne. I'll tell you that. <laughs> the giant midget. If you're well, into good. that kind of stuff, and that's the kind of stuff you like. I mean. <laughs> So this is April. We're talking probably what, probably six months before these guys all start fading away. I think probably like maybe around Octoberish. I say yeah, yeah it, it is October. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure that's when um, uh, Polly kind of comes in full time and starts doing the whole um, you know manipulating thing. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that's, that's about accurate. Because I think Ultra Clash, like I said, Ultra Clash, I think is the. Uh, the show where it's Paul's first show. Because I think it's Eddie's last show. Mm-hmm. And they do, like, the baseball match or whatever. No, I don't know. I mean, it was just literally behind-the-scenes shit. It was Eddie's last show. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, Paul took over, you're gone. And, yeah, I mean, it was like when Public Enemy debuted, and the, I think it was a – they had the Stan Hansen and shit like that. Oh, it was crazy man, back then. <laughs> So they they um, they go off the air, and then it's funny because uh, I didn't know I, last week I didn't watch the the credits. This week I just I didn't watch them, but they were there while I was finishing up my notes. And I look up, and it says it answered my question. It says sound Stevie Wonderful. So <laughs> I, I googled all this crap to find out that Stevie Wonderful was the sound guy, and I should have just watched the fucking credits because then I would. It, it's funny. It's funny you said that because I don't watch the credits either because I always know that it's always Thomas Edward, whatever you know. <laughs> you know, I know how it is. But then when I saw it was Matt Radico, was mm-hmm. like a producer on the show, it, like. It, 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 if I'm, do you know? Do you know who he is? Well, I don't really. I, he is mentioned in that article that I read, though, that I found to find out who Stevie Wonderful was. Um, yeah. He's mentioned in there. He was. He, he was Radico. Is that what he said? He was a yeah. Matt. Ra- Matt. It's R A D I C O. He was a business partner of Gordon, wasn't he? Well, I I knew he owned like like a lot of the tapes. Like, I don't know okay. if he was part of the production part of it. That's what I, I don't know. I just know the name from, like, every time I see, like, a producer thing and I see Matt Radico. And then when Paul, like, um, you know, I don't want to say he defaulted, but when he had that that split with the original, you know, the first people that owned, like, the old stuff. Right. Like, they held them tapes up to Paul for money. And mm-hmm. I remember, I think, Matt Radico's name was brought up. Because I think Paul owed them money from studio production, you know, costs. Right. And when I saw that, I was like, damn, I ain't heard Matt Matt Radico's name in ages. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, like I said, I saw. I remember seeing that name in the article that I read. So, yeah, he was definitely uh, somewhere in there. Credit, my favorite credit name isn't even an ECW thing. It's fucking NWA. My favorite credit name is um, Bill Dickey. <laughs> Bill Dickey? Bill Dickey. Phil Dickey. <laughs> yeah. He's on the end of every fucking NWA fucking worldwide or any. He was a rib? Eh, possibly. <laughs> but yeah, it's like every, at the end of every like WCW fucking worldwide or fucking show, it's a, it says camera, Phil Dickey. It cracks me up. <laughs> Phil Dickey should be a grip, let's be honest. Right, I remember. I remember when I worked. Uh, what did I work? Maybe it was Smoky Mountain, or maybe it was WCW. And I, I came across uh, Rip Rogers, mm-hmm. who hates Aaron, by the way. Huh? Rip Rogers hates Aaron. Oh wow! He, he didn't like me either. <laughs> but I, I get, I get in the locker room, and he looks at me because of my size, mm-hmm. and, he, and he goes, "You know, what are you here for?" You know what are you a production grip <laughs> or so? I go no, I ain't a best boy. I'm not a dolly, and I, I, I must have ran down seven names of jobs <laughs> that I that I knew about from working on entertainment platforms. Mm. And he looked at me and he goes, "I think I'm gonna like you <laughs> because <laughs> I, because I knew what he was talking about. You know, mm-hmm. he he was just trying to shut me up, and I was like, no, I'm not none of these things. <laughs> you shut up, Rip Rogers." <laughs> Oh, dude, and, and the best part was the whole entire time in WCW, none of these people worked all week. Mm-hmm. As Wally, Rip Rogers, Buddy Lee Parker, I don't know. They have all them guys that you, that you don't see on TV that were around that time. They all signed in every night to get their money. See, like One of my favorite things like Rip Rogers ever did was Rip Rogers, like when he was in Smoky Mountain, he did that fucking deal where he was going to squat like, oh, yeah, the Hindu? yeah, when he was going to do the Hindu squats and, and through the whole episode, he's like doing the fucking Hindu squats. Like, that was good shit to me. Uh, like, I think well, Rip Rogers... That guy's legitimate, man. Yeah. Hindu and, squats, he's really doing them. And, and, <laughs> and, and Backlund did them all. Yeah. Like, one of my... I, like... I'm not a, obviously, like I said this before, like I'm not a wrestler. Like one of my favorite things, like a wrestler ever heard was fucking Kevin Nash talked about how he was in a hotel room and he heard, a, he heard like all night. Pounding. Pounding on the fucking wall. Boom, boom, boom. And he just heard something pounding, pounding, pounding. And he was like, oh, who's this guy in this fucking room next to me? And he thought it was, and he found out it was Bob Backlund. And he thought Bob Backlund was just like. <laughs> Killing some broad. Yeah, he <laughs> Bob Backlund was just like pounding this chick all night. And it turned out it was just Bob Backlund doing fucking spots and shit in the room. Like, I thought that was a great story. Like, like when yeah, he's, I, he's I, like, I oh, Bob's it. in the next room while Bob's getting it. It's like, no, Bob's just doing Hindu squats. And I'll tell I you what, it. I'll tell you what, Bob Backlund is one of the coolest wrestlers I've ever met in person. Like, he was so cool to meet, and he was so, he was so, he did he wouldn't let me leave. Like, he signed a magazine for me that had him and Patera on the cover, 
And I said, thank you, sir, shook his hand. And I went to leave and he kind of grabbed me by the shoulder. And, and you know, he, I mean, he spent 10 minutes talking with me, just really down to earth, really nice guy. He kind of he kind of freaked me out with the same exact reaction that you just said. Really? <laughs> about the wouldn't let me leave. Mm-hmm. Like, we were, we were on a show together. We were on a couple shows together. I mean, mostly in the Northeast, like Jersey, like for the bad crew and them guys. They were right. great guys. They always ran really good shows, you know, respectable. Mm-hmm. And we're on the show, and I meet Backlund, and I'm not sure. And it wasn't the first time because I met him when I was a kid, but I mean, you haven't seen him in years or whatever. And I see him, and you're talking to him, and all of a sudden he starts asking you questions like, "Like, where are you going when you leave here?" <laughs> and I go, uh, I'm, I, I think, I mean, I think I had somewhere to go the next day, mm-hmm. like the next another show, and I think he was booked on the same show. And he was like, well, I was just wondering, young man, did you, would you like to travel together? <laughs> and I literally was like, I don't think so, dude. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, th- this whole entire conversation. You give me, you know, me a vibe here, Mr. Backland. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're changing clothes in a kitchen of a VFW fucking, you know, hall. And, you know, I'm half naked. You're standing there half, and you're asking me where I'm going later. If I want to travel with you, do you mind if I come with you? I, I literally, I literally just went. That was like, that was the biggest vibe that I've ever gotten, like from somebody. And I didn't like it because he was my favorite. I guess he was for a minute when I was a kid. My favorite wrestler when I was a kid. Right. He was the first autograph I've ever gotten. You know, but I mean, mm-hmm. for him to be like, "Hey, hey, little boy, would <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you like to jump in the car? <laughs> yeah, you want to go for a ride?" <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you ever been booked in Jersey? <laughs> you like, you like gladiator movies? movies. You, you like grown, yeah? You like gladiator movies? It's like, <laughs> yeah. like, am I on airplane? What the fuck is going on? Have you ever Mr. seen Backlund. a Turkish bath? You ever seen a grown man naked? Uh, that type of thing. Like, so I, I think at the door. end of the day, I think at the end of the day, we can all agree, I all agree that this fucking ECW show was not a stellar. Oh, no this show was terrible. <laughs> this like, one, was... I, I, I just threw them. I just threw my notes in the yard. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, what do you think? Them. What do you think they could have done to make it better? Like, I mean, what, what Short, I, shorter, shorter footage of the matches? Number one. Agreed. Um, agreed. Yeah. Like I said, everyone, every one of the matches except Eddie and JT could have gotten seventy five percent of the TV time they got, and um, Glenn Osborne. <laughs> Glenn, Glenn Osborne. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm wondering. I, I'm wondering where this actual show is as far as when the taping was was done. What well, you know? Is this the last? I I feel. Honestly, the the show that we just watched was a show that was recorded before the first show. Like, yeah, I I feel like it was they put these guys out there at the beginning of it, and it wasn't great before it, and then they put this out after they got some fucking, like... (laughs) video if that makes sense all right well i mean i i actually take the opposite route i think this is probably the end of the weekend tapings 
like what was left. That's what I, that, that's, I mean, that's what I think. But yeah, you could be right. Well, this mean, goddamn every, show was rough, man. It was rough. Was well, to yeah. uh, to sum up to sum up what we're all going to be watching next week for April twentieth, ninety three. I'll just read the description from WWE Network. On this edition of Eastern Championship Wrestling, the ECW television title tournament continues with Jimmy Snuka taking on Tommy Cairo and Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert battling Glenn Osborne. Plus, the Rockin' Rebel looks to shake the Sandman's tree. The goddamn Rockin' Rebel. The Rockin' Rebel is the shit, man. The Super Destroyers defend the ECW Tag Team Championship. So that's what we've got coming up next week. Oh, oh, oh. Well, I'm going to honestly, guys, I want to enjoy me some Rock and Rebel. I think Rock and Rebel. I like Rock and Rebel. <laughs> I've always liked Rock and Rebel. Yeah, Rock and oh, Rebel is fantastic. He's a great deal. This show is coming up this week is a dandy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have my wife go to the store and get an extra bigger box of microwave popcorn because I can't wait to sit there and watch the 38 minutes of what this is going to be. Extra Tom butter, Cairo and extra Jimmy butter. Oh wow! Next week is going to be the next week's going to be the extra buttery buttery edition. Of the, oh uh, boy! Like I, like I said, look at Tommy Cairo. That is going to be fucking. Oh, mm. uh, that's going to be off the fucking something. <laughs> oh jeez! Wait, 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 you said it was going to be Rock and Rebel against the Sandman? No, Rock and Re- No, it just says Rock and Rebel is trying to shake the Sandman's tree. So I don't uh, know what that means, did. but we'll see well, what that's. Well, WWE Network ain't gonna give you anything with Rock and Rebel just because of how they feel about him. But I, I, I think. Well, let's is- let's see how they handle it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, because if, if you're if you know the lineup and we're talking about it, let's see how they handle it. And then talk about it then. Yeah. Because I don't think you should not. I, I mean, you know, the guy did, he did the shit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He actually performed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just because whatever he did, he did, doesn't mean that you should not show whatever he did before he did it. Well, no, that, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that the WWE is, and, I, and I'm not trying to. Nate, are you not recording right now? No, I'm recording. I'm just not trying to say that. Like when we talk about Rock and Rebel, they're I know for a fact that they um, on the WWE Network give him the same treatment that. Well, they, they do mention they do mention him in this description, though. They don't. They don't. It's not like Benwell where they scratch his name. Yeah, but they they don't let you click on shit. No, okay. I see what you're saying. Isn't isn't Benoit being saucily back? Yeah, they've like they've introduced he, him back into like videos, like if it's a Hall of Fame video or something like that. They don't they don't expl- expressly mention him, but there's no more. You know, just he never existed. I guess. I mean, nobody nobody's going on the WWE Network and going in the search bar and typing in Rock and Rebel. Right. <laughs> I mean, come on. I kind of. <laughs> You don't have to like, worry. Like about I'm it. a, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a freak. I'm just saying, I, I kind of do that. I don't want to watch Rock and Rebel. I think Rock and Rebel, like, to me, I think Rock and Rebel should have been a bigger fucking star than he was, man. I really do. Well, so do I. It, it, it's that dude. Did we already talk about this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I know we're going to make that case every goddamn week. I'm going to make that case every 
goddamn day until he's not on fucking ECW. I think the Rockin' Rebel could have been a great goddamn heel in the WWE, WWF, in like 95. Oof. Now you're getting, now you're making, you're taking big steps here. Whoa, I don't know about all that. (laughs) I Uh, think he would have been great. I think the guy cut great promos. He, he like, put out like enough of a, like a cocky, dickhead heel type persona that he could have been something in well that era. I think it would have been not great. Gonna, I'm not going to say you're wrong, but what he should have done, in my opinion, is he should have left Philadelphia and he should have went and worked Memphis. He should have worked whatever territories were around in the earliest part of his career. Mm-hmm. That way he would have got some sort of a structure. like an edu- You know what I mean? An education as the far as like this is what the business is kind of thing because he had a he had, he had an attitude Chuck had an attitude you know if he didn't want to do business he didn't want to do business but if somebody would have showed him you know back when he was a younger dude it may have ended differently because right. yeah he would have been great in Memphis you know Smoky Mountain you know maybe Portland even but Portland Jesus well, never mind he wouldn't have gotten any better in Portland. Not, 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 not at not that point. point. No. Yeah, not, not at that point. point. <laughs> but no, I think mean, that guy could have been a great fucking heel. He could have been. Yeah. He, yeah, he's a dick. He's a dick. He was a dick. Yeah, that's, was, that's what I'm saying. Like, he was a natural fucking prick. And it would have been great. In my opinion. Yeah, is, I mean, I agree. I mean, and, and he had a great body, and he was definitely – he's another one of them guys where I, I consider him a bought show guy. You know, mm-hmm. if you have a bought show, he's a guy that looks great on your show. He's in, he's in fantastic shape. You know, he's heavy. He's 250 pounds. He looks great, blah, blah, blah. You know, nobody knows who he is. You know, he's not <laughs> yeah. terrible. You know, But he, he looks like a wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of The and Rebel is super underrated. Aaron has made his case for this week for Rock and Rebel. And with that, we are going to uh, wrap up, unless you guys have anything else on this show. Rock and well, Rebel I, for life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've had about enough about kissing Rock and Rebel's ass. <laughs> you know, I, I love Chuck, dude. I know all that shit was bad, but Chuck was always good to me, man. I, you know, that's all I can go by. Another 2300 pot in the books. And uh, for those of you who have not yet or, or do listen, just so you know, this week coming up also on the We Can't Wrestle podcast, we are going to be discussing WCW Clash of Champions New York Knockout. That's right. Two, what is it? Five letters, two words, I quit. Ric Flair and Terry Funk in the I quit match. We're going to be talking about that this week on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. So check that out. And of course, next week, April 20th, 1993. We will be talking about that episode of ECW. Chad, I'm looking forward to continuing this journey. Well, I'm looking forward to these shows getting better. Yes, sir. (laughs) Good fucking God. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for joining us on the 2300 Pod, and we'll see you next week. Have a good week, everybody. Salute.
Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the latest episode of the 2300 Pod. Nate Maxson here with you. My brother Aaron is out there as well. What's up, brother? Hey. And of course, ECW's Chad Austin is with us. Chad, welcome back for another episode of the 2300 Pod. Giddy up. And this week's episode, we are going to be reviewing... Hey, it's 420. We're going to be recording April 20th, 1993, reviewing that episode of ECW. But before we get into that, um, as we record here just yesterday, um, the sudden passing of Joe Laurinaitis, uh, professionally known as Road Warrior Animal, um, kind of a shock, um, a shocking, shocking death there. And uh, I just wanted to get some thoughts from Chad, especially. I'm sure Aaron and I will yammer on on the we can't wrestle podcast this week about about the road warrior but um chad any any uh thoughts of of animal any interaction with him yeah um he's he's one of them guys that you figure you would always be on a show with Mm -hmm. you would see him around you know it just didn't matter when you saw him last you know you're going to see him again right you know and it went on for you know ages and ages and ages we brought him in in Maryland Championship Wrestling. Uh, we brought in both as singles, and then we brought them both in as as um, tags, mm-hmm. right? And we had this fantastic building. It was like a ballroom kind of thing. And they had like a bridal suite, and Animal and Hawk were up there. And like a lot of guys shared that suite because it had a bathroom in it. Okay. And a lot of the dressing rooms didn't have like the bathrooms in it on the upstairs floor. So you walk in and there's there's freaking Hawk just popping pills nonstop. Like legitimately. Just unbelievably um nonstop. And Animal was completely the opposite. He was trying to get them everything together, taking care of the you know, money and all the other stuff. Right. They were getting ready to go to the ring, like I think it was for the uh, uh what is the halftime call? Intermission. Mm-hmm. And Hawk like fell down like a whole entire flight of steps, and when he landed, he landed right in front of the feet of the state athletic commissioner guy. <laughs> great place to land. <laughs> no, it wasn't a great place to land if you wanted to wrestle that night. <laughs> and and Animal comes out and says something like, I, "I I tried to tell him, like like kind of thing," and like all of us saw it. Mm-hmm. We, we all saw it. And, and, and there, there was Joe just sitting there going, "Don't you think?" You know, <laughs> enough, you know, all whatever words you just say, and, and he just let it happen. Then he comes out, and there was a, just a banister there, and he's just like, I tried to tell him. <laughs> you know, that, and- that's my that's my greatest story. But but the other times was just seeing Joe on the independence. You know, you take for granted the times you see him. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, cause you, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but he, he seemed like a – Obviously, I never met him or anything, but, you know, it's like in life, you can say that, you know, you don't meet a lot of people that you don't hear a lot of people say bad things about. But just through wrestler stories and everything, I never heard anybody not a one, not bad mouth the guy or say anything terrible about him. And it it just seems like he was a good dude. And um, obviously, and obviously was a great family man and a great father and and. Godspeed to him. We have a guy in Baltimore right now, Brian Holhouse. Peace out, buddy. I love you to death. He, he lives down the road from me. We don't see each other often. And he kind of picks up and, and takes the uh, WWE superstars who come in for, you know, Maryland Championship Wrestling. 
Mm-hmm. Like he picks him up from the airport, takes him to the hotel, and you know, and he's been fortunate enough to be buddy buddies with some of the top guys. Like he's really good friends with Ron Simmons. He's really good friends with Kevin Nash. He's really good friends with um, said Road Warrior Animal. And like I, I, I didn't even bother to look at his page yet, and it's been um, over a day mm-hmm. because I can just imagine. Right. Because I've seen I've seen so many pictures with Brian and Animal over the years. I just don't even want to get involved with how devastated he is. I'm sure, yeah. But like over the, like Ron Simmons gave him his WW, WCW belt. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like that's how close he is with these. That's how close he gets to these guys. Mm-hmm. And it's not because he's a mark or anything. It's just that Brian's a, overall just a good guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I haven't even reached out to him yet. But yeah, but anyway, but anyway, that's that's how I feel. Red Warrior Hawk is definitely, uh, you know, I never want to say I'm sorry for anybody's loss because the last time somebody told me they were sorry for any loss that I had, my niece was murdered a few months ago. And somebody said they were sorry. They were sorry. And I, I asked, why did you do it? Right. So I never say like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry for your loss. I, I'll just send my condolences to the, um, to the yes. family. Yes. And um, like Aaron alluded to, I've never heard in anything I've ever read or seen anything negative about, about uh, Joe and uh, really a shock. He was uh, the, the, uh, the group, the other, one of the other Facebook groups I'm an admin for the asylum does those virtual uh, virtual cons and he was actually just on one of those like three weeks ago and i mean he took he took they generally do about two to two and a half hours he took like four and a half hours you know because there were people that wanted to talk to him and interact with him and he didn't he didn't cut he never once came off as a dick never once tried to hurry things up he spent every second that a that a fan wanted to spend with that's him. what you always hear it's always the people that are that, that, that confront him after the con, like <laughs> yeah. you know, everybody's like, "Yeah, I paid the money to go see him." Then you hear like, "Oh, it was like two hours after, or he was wrapping it up, or and it's, <laughs> he still spent." That's it. great. It's unbelievable. That's what you should do. Right. Absolutely. And uh, so, a guy who definitely loved his fans, and we loved him. And uh, people always talk about like great big men workers, and they always bring up like you know, Boss Man and Akeem and um, guys like that. Or, or Vader, or everybody, it's like, and I've told Nate this in the past, that I don't know if he'd be considered it. To me, I always considered him a big man worker. I always thought the animal was fucking fantastic in the ring. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like, he had a fantastic drop kick, and... No, like, the drop I, kick wasn't fantastic. Don't even say that. The drop kick wasn't fantastic. It was very good for a guy <laughs> his size. Because it would be definitely in the right above the rib cage kind of thing. It wouldn't be nowhere near Jim. <laughs> so don't even say that. Being able to do that is it it it's good. Okay, maybe not. Okay, since you're better, obviously you're a worker, so you know more than I do. But I I just think that like when I watch like Road Warrior LOD matches, I'm more entertained, and I and I know Hawk had the bigger, more charismatic personality. But to me, Animal was better. Uh, and of I'm course. Think, think about this. Animal was the guy that had to squat the guy mm-hmm. to do yeah. the um, the finish. Yeah, All Hulk had to do was jump off and knock the guy's head off. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Destroy the man, yes. <laughs> right. 
all animal animal was the guy that had to squat the guy and they didn't always wrestle guys that were the size of the midnight express you know mm-hmm. or tully and arn yeah imagine putting brian knobs up on your shoulders <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> That sounds like a good time on a Friday night, you know, like, <laughs> at the beginning of a joke or something, you know. Brian Nobbs on your shoulders. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, it was yeah. nasty, boy. <laughs> it was oh, nasty, boy. boy. <laughs> Pity boy. city. All right. Well, that being said, again, rest in peace, Road Warrior Animal. And uh, like I said, kind of shocking news. Didn't see it. I mean, didn't see it coming, I guess, you know, but, um, Nobody from, did. from everything I've read, just natural causes. Um, I don't think they've alluded to the actual cause, just natural causes. So our uh, condolences to his friends and family. And, um, right now we'll roll into April 20th, 1993. The, like we were talking about before we went on the air here, we, we disqualifying last week's awful episode of ECW, uh, Chad put it as I think better than bad. This episode it's better than bad. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is better than last week. <laughs> uh, we start out with uh, always surprised Jay Sully and uh, Stevie Wonderful on commentary as usual. It, it, was it you, Aaron, that brought up that Sully always sounds like he's asking a question? Yeah, when he, everything yeah, he's like always Sully surprised. Says, like every time he speaks, it sounds like he's asking a question. He's like, welcome to ECW. <laughs> yeah, he, he also does kind of look around, too. Yeah. yeah he's like, welcome here's, to ECW. Here's, here's, here's Jay confused Sully. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm with Stevie Wonderful. <laughs> and, and nothing speaks big time. Like, they're announcing that they're the, Cabri- the Cabrini College Fieldhouse. <laughs> that, that spells... Big time all over right there. We're here at the Cabrini fucking college field house. We definitely haven't reached 2300 yet here, folks. <laughs> then, oh, no. like, so See, that's like, why, that's like, why I wasn't at these shows because I didn't know where I, I don't, I never heard of these shows. That they one, that one, he was, he was asking a question. We're at the Cabrini college field house. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is how big we are. There's some people here. <laughs> okay, there's some. There's some. Yeah, a couple. A couple of those shots. There ain't many. Dude, uh, I got. I, I got. I got a note about something later on in the show, and I guarantee neither one of you two got it. You picked it up. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. See, the matches are so kind of half-assed that I start digging around into the crowd <laughs> and seeing what I could find. <laughs> Eddie Gilbert starts us out to uh, make an apology, quote unquote, to Terry Funk. Yes. And uh, Eddie, I, I really like these two together. I don't know what you guys think. I guess we haven't dug into it a lot, but I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy these two working together. I, I have, I have had fun watching that. Yeah. Oh, I, I love, I love Terry and Eddie to get together. They've always been money together. It's just that this is like. Um, you know, this is like gold, like in a shit mine or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's nothing else to support it. You know what I'm saying? Right. There, it, it, it's hard to stand out when nothing is good around it. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it isn't that good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, it's just the best thing on the show. But yeah, I thought the okay, the opening was pretty good. Uh, it's just something about Gilbert at this time 
that it just it's it's off to me. Like it's maybe he's got too much going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something about the way he he kind of rushes his promos a little bit. I, I I don't think it's just Gilbert at his best. And I, I think maybe they have no idea what the hell they're doing. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. where, like where is this going? We don't know where this is going thing. yet, but it's going somewhere. And I just got I gotta I gotta say this. Um, Stevie Wonderful, Jesus Christ, he's wearing a flowery vest, a no-collar shirt, and his jeans are tucked into his cowboy boots. It's like, what the fuck is going on with Stevie Wonderful? Wonderful. Well, we found, out he, we found out he was the sound guy, and he was like, I think this is what a wrestler looks like. So yeah, yeah. that's what. Looks like somebody put DDP in a dryer. He's getting paid by he's getting he's the sound guy. Is he getting paid by ECW or the station? I don't even know what's worse. Like, what would you want to get paid by? Todd Gordon or Sports Channel Philly? What check is basically going to clear? Probably moonlighting at the pawn shop. Um, (laughs) So we've got. I guess we've established we've got uh, um, confused Sully and. uh, Dryer Dallas Page, right, Aaron? And yeah. uh, that's Dreyer our commentary Dallas team. Dryer Dallas Page. So we got the, the ECW Tag Team Champions. Who'd they ever beat? The Super Destroyers with Hunter Q. Robbins the third against the, I mean, natural to put these two together, the Wolfman and the Super Ninja. Ninja. I mean, what two wrestlers would go together better than the Wolfman and the Super Ninja? It's like, a Bella Lug- be- it's like a Bella Lugosi or a, a Bella Lugosi in the Abbott and Costello movie. You know, the Wolfman is is the guy that probably put that ring up. Really? Like he's one of, he's one of the guys that do that ring rental for that ring. That's okay. like his, his ring. There's a hundred hundred percent chance he put that ring up. And then when he was in the ring, and I was like, oh my god, it's fucking Dudley. And I know how quote unquote good he is. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, like, oh my god, they're gonna put him with the super D's and everything. And then I go, who is the other guy, <laughs> right? And then it took him a while before they said, how oh, the super ninja. And then I'm thinking back in, like, who would it be? I mean, did you guys figure you were gonna ask we, me? Do what? we? You know, I said, who was the fucking super ninja? Like, who is that? <laughs> I have no yeah, because I, I, I'm looking at it, and one of the people that I had it. And, and I'm wrong. I, I know I'm wrong, but I thought it was. I wrote down Kevin Lawler, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until. Uh huh. I think Super Ninja is a little too tall to be Kevin Lawler. Yeah, yeah. He, he was bigger than Kevin Lawler, so I, I just threw it out there because I, I was trying to think of when Kevin Lawler, you know, started, mm-hmm. and that was closer to the time when Eddie was gone. That was towards the end of the summer, so there wasn't him. But yeah, I have no idea who it was. It was probably Stetson or one of them Philly fucking drone, you know, guys do whatever. Yeah, working twice in one night. Yeah, and the Wolfman's terrible. Oh, Wolfman was really terrible. And how about when one of the Super Destroyers just took the belt at the end of the match and just whipped the the Wolfman out of the ring who was just standing there selling the ring apron. He just took the belt and he just whipped him. I was like, Jesus Christ. Oh, then there was the classic... There was a classic clothesline by one of the Super Destroyers, too, that I loved. Don't you love a clothesline where it's not nowhere near the neck? Yeah, it's just you know, an arm flailing it, into I'm somebody. 
I want to call so the Wolfman with his stupid outfit and his fat. He's Joe LaPuke. That's what I want to call the Wolfman. Joe LaPuke. Yeah. Well, Jesus is. I mean, I'm not even sure he's even better. That's a whole different podcast. But don't, I, I just love when somebody does a clothesline and hits him in the midsection. That just I blows my mind that it's so indie. It I just, hate to- I hate to do research while we're on the air, but I had to. So I, I checked it out, and apparently the Super Ninja in Extreme Championship Wrestling was Rick Michaels. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> is that his other gimmick? Let me see. He. It doesn't. It looks like he worked in the Pro Wrestling Federation. Where is that at? Ooh. Probably the Northeast, I assume. And he even made a tag team later with named the Super Ninjas with a Super Ninja Two. Um, and he was also an NWA well, Wild Side. So there we go, mystery solved. All right, so that was Burt <laughs> Prentice. So it's not really a mystery because nobody knows who fucking Rick Michaels is. Either, so. <laughs> I, I think Rick Michaels is his other name. It's kind of like, like he probably got he probably got booked by Gilbert, and he said, "Look, I don't want to do a job as Rick Michaels, <laughs> but I'll do a job as the Super Ninja." Yeah, <laughs> that, that's probably how that works. And the Easter egg in this match, the halitosis reference. <laughs> yes. Oh, there it was. Yeah, <laughs> Terry Funk saying that Hunter Key Robinson he could smell his breath from ringside. He's a nasty oh, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, and I, as soon as I heard it, I was like, "Dude, I told them guys that I never <laughs> that I never dealt with it. I just heard about it, <laughs> like kind of thing." And when Terry Funk said it, I was like, "Shoot!" <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I just yelled out in the living room, "Shoot!" Smell that vision. was unbelievable. That was yeah. I oh, when he said it, I laughed my ass off. <laughs> I think this is the first time I've ever I ever heard I ever heard a asshole chant on wrestling television because uh, there was a pretty good asshole chant going on for Hunter Q. Robbins, um, and then Terry Funk attempts to interview Halitosis and Let's Eddie Gilbert. about the finish of the match. I mean, the oh, Super Destroyers. Yes. I mean, you gotta you gotta go with the finish. The Super Destroyers win, and no, really? that, to the yeah, surprise really? of no one. And that, because that I, I, I literally wrote down, in, I wrote it in, in quotation marks, a hot tag to the Super Ninja. <laughs> like, he literally came in just to compete. And the other guy was in there taking a beating the whole entire time. But the Super Ninja, Rick Michaels, by the way, which it's rumored to be him, he comes in just to get beat. Yeah, that fucking Wolfman, he gets beat up for like eight minutes. And then Super Ninja tags in and gets like a... Uh, sloppy on the mat senton bomb from one of the super destroyers and it's over. So I know I jumped the gun on the finish there probably cause I was <laughs> not paying attention to it. But um, so now we move to the interview, Terry Funk and halitosis and uh, Eddie Gilbert out with a chair, anything on the interview guys, this, well, what was kind of an the, interview, <laughs> a few words. The Eddie Gilbert chair shot was terrible. <laughs> that was completely atrocious. Like he he wanted, like you know, it's, you know how it is. It's one thing when you when you you know you're going to here he goes the helicopter again. It's one thing when you <laughs> when you know you're going to hit the guy in the back. 
and you can mm-hmm. swing hard at the guy's back, right? But right. Gilbert was so, Gilbert was so light that he wanted to swing the chair, but he lightened up before he finished delivering it and then released the chair. So there was no <laughs> force at all behind it. Like mm-hmm. he basically threw the chair at Terry Funk from like three feet away. <laughs> like I, I can't believe the damage that would have done. Especially Shocking. to a man of especially to a man of Terry Funk's caliber. Yeah, I <laughs> couldn't believe tolerance. that how bad like Gilbert would let that would let that go. I mean and then and then then what's he gonna do right after that? He's gonna give him a couple of kicks, blah blah blah. Yeah, that 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 to me was like that was terrible. Yeah, it was it was uh it was two pros or one pro being kind of indie there, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but don't but, worry. Look at the uh, as I wrote it down on my notes is a classic. <laughs> Aaron, anything on that segment from you? Well, I'm just the the thing I'll say about this episode is that at least fits kind of picking up like they're accelerating storylines at least on the like like you know the first two episodes there's oh ccw this is what we're doing but like at least they're pushing things ahead you know yeah and there's and and there's a running story going through the episode too they're trying which which, yeah 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 but i mean but eddie eddie comes from uh i i don't know where where i'm gonna where i'm gonna bring it up oh yeah it comes in later on but there's some things that Eddie's doing that are in Philadelphia that that would work in Memphis, but not Philadelphia. Yeah. Okay. And that'll come up later on. And I was like, man, you got to be careful how you build this shit. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Down the line, we're gonna get into the King of Philly stuff. That's. But that's that's for future episodes. Um. Up next, we have Superfly Jimmy Snuka and Tommy Cairo. <laughs> The Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. Oh, I have that down here too. I was like, and he's introduced as the Eye of the Tiger, Jimmy Snuka, which I was like, it says Eye of the Tiger, question mark, question mark, question mark. That's the TV title tournament. (laughs) What's that? It's a TV title tournament match. Yes. Oh, this is like the, the, no, it's not the final. It's the semifinal. Mm -hmm. It's Jimmy Snuka versus Iron Man Tommy Cairo. And, I'll say this, out of the last three episodes, not the last three, but like the three episodes you'd watch, this is actually the best match that I've seen on ECW so far. That's saying a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that bar really is is really so high. Uh, uh, the The one thing I took away from this match and the one thing, well, two things was the fact that Jimmy Snooker thought way more highly of um of Tommy Cairo than he did of me. <laughs> <laughs> As we'll get to see later on when you watch we watch me and Snooker. Because uh he got he, he did a lot more for him than he did for me. And uh another thing I noticed was the referee John Finnegan. Mm-hmm. Did you know that him I, I was talking to him earlier because I know I haven't remember seeing him on any of the older shows. I've been seeing that guy with the it looks like Rob Feinstein, you know, Ma, with the uh, black hair. Not, not Ma, And no. John said, John said trivia trivia question. The only two people that have been there from day one in ECW besides Todd Gordon when it really started was him and Ma. Jim Molyneux. 
Mm-hmm. They're the only two people that have been there from day one. From beginning to end. Yeah. Yeah. Did Finnegan? Uh, did Finnegan? Uh, did Finnegan go to the WWE when they did ECW too? No, I don't. I don't, rem- I don't remember. I don't. No. I don't think he did. I think. I think when fin- when when uh, the the ECW that we know it as, and then I think that was pretty much it. And he may have did some indies or mm-hmm. or, or or whatever. That's what um, I was saying like the other day that it'd be interesting to get one of those guys or both of them to talk to him because they sell all of it. Yeah. Well, I guess. I mean, uh, I, I'm guessing I could probably get in touch with John because we're we're friends, and you know, and see if he would love to come on. That's what I was trying to talk to him earlier about. And, <laughs> and another thing that I wrote down about the uh, Jimmy Snuka, Tyree, Co- Ty- what's his name, Tommy Cairo. I always called him Tommaso Cairo. The, <laughs> the other thing I wrote down was why wasn't Snuka uh, um, one of the tiger masks? <laughs> because. <laughs> Because of his fast lucha style. <laughs> oh my god. That guy, man. Lumbering Jeez. lumbering doesn't cover it. <laughs> god. It, it it was just brutal. I, and, and then at the at the end of the match with Snooker One, no big deal. He gave him the splash, which he didn't give me. all I got was a a, a, a suplex that he didn't even take a bump for. And and then somebody one of the announcers called him Airborne now. He's airborne, Jimmy Snooker. <laughs> the airborne going into the match with the eye of the tiger. Leaving now, he's airborne. Did he? And you guys tell me if I'm wrong, and maybe I'm wrong, or the announcers just completely, absolutely ignored and missed. Did he use knucks, or did he just use a fist? No, Gilbert used. Gilbert used him. Yeah, okay. Because I put here that the announcers completely missed it. They didn't even make reference to the fact that there was a foreign object used at all. <laughs> I, I I think I think it wasn't the fact that he used it. I think it was the fact that Eddie Gilbert got up on ring on the ring apron. Like that that caused the confusion to allow everything to happen. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. It wasn't like you know, and he didn't even do like Lawler. Where he showcases the hand in the air, no. you know, everybody can see it. He kind of just reached in his pants and pulled out a fucking, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree. I like, yeah, it was, uh, that was kind of crazy to me. And Johnny Hotbody was involved. Yes. Who? Well, he's always what a what a head of hair on that guy, huh? I mean, you're, you're taping four weeks of TV one day. I mean, seriously. <laughs> You got, you got to find something for everybody. <laughs> oh shit, that's funny. All right, so uh, now and actually, actually, the 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 announcers did bring it up. They did bring mm-hmm. it, up. yeah, because Jay Sully goes like fucking full Gene Oakland Rocket. Oh, I was, and, I, and 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 like yells at the heels and brings up the fact that they used the. Um, but I meant during the match. I'm sorry. I, oh, I, right. I guess I didn't clarify during the call. They didn't bring it up. But yeah, right. I have here. You, you said you said uh, you said Crockett. I said Sully Okerlund's Gilbert here. Like <laughs> put that cigarette out. That kind of a thing. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> no, Sully. Yeah, it was, you know, it, it was weird. On the show. Like like literally literally, I'm watching it, so I really don't need the two fucking ham bones to tell me what's going on i see what's going on so i don't need him to describe it but yeah i think you're right i, I don't i don't think it was really acknowledged i think it was more or less that, that gilbert was getting involved not as much as what he actually did 
Right. <laughs> That's what I think. But I don't know. I could be wrong. Fuck, I don't I'm halfway drinking all the time. <laughs> all right, go ahead, Aaron. I think you had a thought there on this promo. It was just um like I said, Sully's terrible. I just I I can't wrap my mind around Jay Sully. He's just can't a, can't wait for Joey to show up, right? Yeah, Joey <laughs> needs to be here right now. I just hate Jay I, I hate Jay Sully. All right, so now we move into our next match, which involves Eddie Gilbert against Aaron's favorite ECW star, Glenn the giant Osborne. Midget. <laughs> he's, no, he's Glenn a fucking madman from the Badlands. <laughs> madman from the Badlands was everybody's from. It's right, it's right outside of parts unknown, I'm, I'm assuming. I'm the madman from the Badlands. It's the hey, suburb like of parts unknown. Midget. <laughs> Me and the Ascension, we get all painted up on Friday and Saturday night. <laughs> well, fuck, we just go. Ugh. I, fucking, I love Glenn Osborne. I just hate. I just hate them gimmicks. They're just so stupid. The growler, you know, the growler. Ugh, yeah. ugh, what the fuck? You look so dumb when you lose with your face all painted. <laughs> you got to walk back to the locker room. and it's, With the paint it's cap coming off your face. <laughs> I, I love Glenn. I, yeah, I don't have I, – I, I think Glenn's a great guy. I just don't like them gimmicks, but mm-hmm. you know, I can say whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> and, but, but, my, but my take on this match was is that Gilbert – because it was a long TV match that meant something, is that Gilbert tried working a Memphis-style match. He tried war- working a Memphis-style house show match on a TV program, mm-hmm. which was completely too long. Because it's a shit ton of stalling. It's a shit ton of walking and talking. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's it playing, like, it's, Sorry, it's, for, it's too much playing to the audience in your presence what? than the audience on your television. Yeah, and it wasn't even the audience that was there because there wasn't an audience. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not. I'm not even saying that as, as a joke. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like you had like three thousand people. You know, like you would have like at the um, you know Evansville Coliseum or Louisville or whatever, where you can get away with that shit. Right. You're trying. You're trying to. You're trying to get away with doing bigger venue matches in a smaller venue, and and you're trying to put it on TV. <laughs> for, for crying out loud, you know what I mean. And and, and another thing is, what, what what happened to Gilbert being busted open? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently what? this this match was either recorded before or I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I I, I noticed that too. <laughs> but you're right about the Memphis thing too. Like, there's a reason that those the 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 Mid South Coliseum matches when they were shown on TV were shown in clip form. And you never sure. got to they see the be, whole match because 20, like you, <laughs> there was, um, I mean, there was probably seven matches on the show, you know, mm-hmm. and the show was maybe two, two, two and a half hours. So every match had what? 25, you know, 20, at least 20 minutes. Right. <laughs> Aaron, your thoughts on this one? Well, Tiger is pointless. <laughs> Oh, no, she's not. I mean, she's like a very talented person that just stands there in the corner. (laughs) I I mean, I I don't know. I don't know if Todd Gordon put out some 
contest where they're going to have, hey, the winner of this contest gets to be the girl that just stands in the corner. <laughs> or he just found a girl that was already on a corner. Stand <laughs> Yeah, she, she was already she was on the corner. Right on the like, corner like, you know how to work. A, this bitch knows how to work a corner. Let's put her out there. You know, like, well, I mean, some of the things I heard about Todd Gordon. <laughs> uh, I, I I I kid about that. No, I don't know. I'm not saying anything about Todd. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, um, Tigers was just standing there. Like not and doing anything, nothing. And, and, and Eddie had to like make a point about her. Yeah, you know? she was pointless. And I thought uh, the match was all right. And like I said, this was again fucking Jay Sully going fucking full David Crockett going yeah, against the yeah, heel and with being the, with the finish and everything. I actually wrote down here for the after the finish, Sully is a rat. Yeah. <laughs> He's a stooge. <laughs> But the Nucks get involved again in this one. Well, we're we're still talking about the Gilbert Osborne thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, what I what I wrote was, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you saying? No, go ahead, Chad. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, what I what I wrote was it was a way to give to give Gilbert have Gilbert lose, um, or Gilbert win and not hurt like Glenn. Or yeah. however it went, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was a it was a safe way out. I can't read my fucking hand right now. Well, like, like Gilbert, but I won do the remember match. what you, Gilbert, I Gilbert do remember what you said, huh? Gilbert won the match by cheating, uh-huh. and then fucking Jay Sully went David Crockett and went okay, the you're right, you're right, and, and yeah. announced that fucking Gilbert cheated, and then the ref found the nuts and gave it to yeah. fucking Osborne. It, 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 it's fucking stupid. I, I thought it, it was. Really, a, yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly what I meant. Like that was a way to, uh, ha- you know, have Gilbert lose, you know, kind of deal, yeah. you know, and not and not screw anybody in the ref, you know, kind of deal. And that was fine. I, I didn't have a problem with that. But again, it's too Memphisy. Yeah, for me, you know, I mean, maybe not you, but it, it was for me. It was too Memphisy to have the, you know, they got the knocks. Oh, blah blah blah, reverse decision. Yeah, it, it, it was convoluted. It, it was just too Memphisy, you know, with not enough people, you know. Had it been a and, bigger and, crown, you know, maybe a different. What, what, what would it hurt to have fucking Eddie Gilbert lose in a match to Glenn Osborne in front of thirty people? <laughs> Dude, you like, could do um. There's probably six or seven referee spots that I know that could have him lose, you know. Yeah. Um. You know, on a banana peel, you know, or kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. just start with that. Not even the opponent. Take the opponent out of it. It's just, I could, I could pin Eddie Gilbert with the referee spot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I, I don't know what his logic was. But and maybe being, this and, and being as he is the demise of Eddie Gilbert, being as he is the resident of the resident heel of the promotion. Um. You know, not somebody that's just coming in for one or two tapings where you want to get them over because you want them, you know, the, like you like you said the first week, these are the guys you put on the poster. But Eddie, being the resident heel of the of the small promotion, can afford to lose because he's going to come back next week. He can get his heat back, you know. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, he produces the show. I mean, when you see the graphics at the end of it, what do you see? Producer Thomas Edward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah, he fucking he can do whatever the hell he wants. So, like Aaron said, kind of convoluted. Um, I didn't mention during the. I'm sorry, I want to go back here a minute. I think we got caught up on the finish, or I got us caught up on the finish. But uh, earlier on, I think that I, Gilbert does a, does a pretty fun Terry Funk impersonation. By the way, he tries. I, I, he tries, doesn't he? <laughs> Yes, he does. He, I mean, he had the he, the voice isn't spot on, but he definitely has the cadence down and everything. I thought I I did write that down though, and then I forgot to cover it. But yeah, he does like he he, he hits like uh, the first three quarters of a se- of a sentence down. <laughs> yeah, before you can tell it's really not funk. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> um, uh, I thought it was funny. Yeah, because at one point I'm listening to it, I'm just going. Oh, you know, because I, you know, I kind of turn my head or whatever, and I'm like, that's like, that <laughs> he just, you know, he extends the right word and all. I mean, yeah. yeah, he did. I thought he did a good job with that. Yeah, I thought he did. <laughs> it's pretty funny in my notes because it's it's on the next page, but I put that I was going to ask you guys what your what your impressions of Eddie Gilbert's Terry Funk impression. Well, there we go. <laughs> what did you think? I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> I can't do one, man. You know, I you know, you know. I don't know how you say it. I don't even know. Dost, I can't, I can't even begin to do it. You know, can you? <laughs> nope. The only the only impression I can do is the Iron Sheik. Seriously. <laughs> All right, so we have a. Uh, I lost my okay. Rock and Rebels next, right? Yes. Oh is. yeah, yeah. And the word "oh boy" is on my notes. <laughs> I love music, rock and rebel, and I, I love rock and rebel. You did? Did you notice on the network it says Frank Cody has a match? Yeah, he, he, wow. gets, treatment. he gets the Benoit treatment and whatever. But I think rock and rebel is fantastic, or was fantastic. I, I like the rock and rebel. Did you did, did you love it when he was talking to Peaches and he was like, "Look at me." And he was trying to compare him to the same angles, and I got the hair. I got the hair, and he flipped his mullet. And, and, yeah, flipped and I was flip. thinking the audacity. <laughs> Jesus, you're promoting that hair. <laughs> yeah, Rebel, Rebel's a classic to me. I always will, man. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't. I, I, I take the, that whole stuff a different way than everybody. I don't. I don't. But yeah, Rebel's a classic. As a performer and as a wrestler and everything, I, I, I enjoy the Rock and Rebel. I know oh, he was terrible as a performer and as a wrestler. I'm just <laughs> talking about as a human being. I don't understand what the fuck happened. He was awful. <laughs> yeah, he was terrible. Come on. It's, don't even kid yourself. I, I, I like Rock and Rebel. <laughs> I like the guy. I'm going to be sad when he's not on the show anymore because I don't get to hear you two debate the Rock and Rebel every week again. <laughs> oh, no, he's <laughs> still I, around for a while. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, he's still got a few months left. Don't, and, don't, uh, don't he, worry about it. He like Bill Cosby's himself on the peaches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is this right around when the Sandman stumbles in? Like, yeah. To, to the big boogie board or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Like, I mean, literally, I mean, was it me or did the Sandman try to like do the deal where he dives through the bottom rope or did he try yeah, to I dive think, through? I, I think he tried. Honestly, I think he tried to ride the surfboard through the ropes. 
No I chance. really think he tried There's to do that. No way, no way he tried that. I, I, yeah. If you watch it, I think that's what he fucking tried to do. I no. think he thought he was going to scoot through the ropes on the fucking surfboard. He money, no, he, money, he, he was either trying. He was either trying to like throw the surfboard in over the top, over the top of the bottom I, rope, I swear, slide I, in. But he just rolled all, all the way in, like you know. Like, I don't want to disrespect you, but I think he thought he was gonna ride that fucking surfboard <laughs> in the ring. I really think that's what his fat ass thought he was gonna do. All right, I'll, I'll take your word for it. But okay, I don't think. I think he was boogie boarding his way into the ring, man. <laughs> he was trying really to dynamic. Well, that, he was trying well, to dynamic. That was the, that was the iconic dudes that shit. Um, but that was the iconic opening spot, right? Isn't that an opening where Sandman gets does the uh, surfboard spot? Yeah, <laughs> that was in the opening. And and then if look, here's where I got my little caveat. I even got little stars next to it on my notes. <laughs> if you look behind where Sandman's getting beat up. Um, there's a um, to the right hand side. That's basically the front door mm-hmm. of the ECW arena. That's where Kathy Fitzpatrick would be taking the money at. Um, good good friend. And if you look, I swear I wrote, "Is that a midget?" <laughs> there, there's a midget sitting there swinging their legs. <laughs> on, like there, there's no fans on that side of the building, but like four. And I'm going, "Is that a midget?" While the Sandman's getting demolished by the Rock and Rebel, so you can tell me where this show is going. Like I'd pay money to come back next Friday night to see the midget. See the midget again in the. I didn't even. Well, you said you said we probably wouldn't have noticed that. I did not notice that. Dude, I, I mean I was, that's how great the angle was going. But I'm looking in the background because if you if you go back and look, because the way they did the seating, it's like if you look to the right of the camera, there's nothing over there. And and there was just like seven or eight people sitting in chairs, and I'm going, this fucking guy's arms are long, but his legs are swinging. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a midget. Glenn Osborne. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it was a it was a mini Osborne, which is apparently coming up, right? Yeah. Yes, our main event of the show. Oh, good lord, Glenn Osborne and Jimmy Snuka. Tearing this little house down with oh, a, a TV title tournament final. Um, go ahead, Aaron. Give us the details. <laughs> yeah, come on, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's not much. Uh, you make the uh, first move. Todd <laughs> uh, Gordon's on commentary, and um, the spines and suspensions. Yes, yeah, with the spines and suspensions. Eddie Gilbert yells at him, and they have a back and forth thing. It, 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 it was a tournament that, honestly, if anybody looking at it had a fucking brain, would know the outcome of. <laughs> this is true. Did you hear? Did you hear what Todd? Did you hear what Todd Gordon when he was talking about his fines and suspensions that he said um, something? I'm tired of all the surfboards, women, and and uh, stairs. And I'm thinking, what fucking guy would say that? <laughs> Like you know, I heard him say that. I'm going, yeah, surfboards, women. I don't even know what the stairs could be, but you know, what the fuck? I mean, if you're into the you surfboards and the women, women, so I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I, I'll take it. 
And uh, fucking Jimmy Snuka is your new TV champion in a really shitty match. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote literally that Glenn, that Osborne is so indie. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, that's pretty much all I could write because it, it it was literally. I thought that Jimmy Snuka did way more with him. Well, he did way more with him than he did with me, clearly, because he actually left his feet and stuff. <laughs> and I thought that I thought that Snuka, that that's the splash. I wrote that it was a very good splash because he nailed Glenn Osborne, and Glenn's got a big chest, so mm-hmm. you know he could take it. You really got to be like ready for it when he when he hits you. And like I said, he never gave it to me. But my friends are like, dude, it hurts like a motherfucker <laughs> because he, he, he doesn't do anything to protect you. Mm-hmm. He's literally using you, you know, as the crash pad. Right. So you better like be ready to, you know, tuck your shit in and be ready. And I thought that was a very good. I thought that was one of his better independent splashes that I've seen. I, and I, I've said it before and I can never remember because I know that one of the I just and again, I just remember from from reading mags back in the day, but I remember Metal Maniac and I think Glenn Osborne being those two guys that I always saw in results on East Coast shows with with Snooka. So maybe that was it. Maybe they worked together a lot. You know, yeah, maybe they yeah, had, they yeah, had a yeah. rapport. Yeah, um, Metal Maniac. I, Metal Maniac was basically his liaison. Like uh, he'd be the guy that would be calling all the promoters trying to get Jimmy work. Okay. And they would pretty much sell it as a package deal. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll get you, Jimmy. You bring me in, and me, me and Jimmy, me and Jimmy work. work. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, but as far as Glenn, I don't have any. I don't know nothing about that. Okay. Know? But boy, the Jimmy Snooker, uh, Metal Maniac matches, man. <laughs> I don't. Oh, good. I good have. Boy. I have. Remember those? Uh, oh man, remember those DVDs they did in. It was probably the it was it was during it was probably during or just after the Attitude Era, you know, where every, anybody who had anybody who had six minutes of pro wrestling footage they owned wanted to release a DVD or a VHS or whatever, you know, to capitalize on the popularity of wrestling. But they had those DVDs that came in really thin cases. They were like pro wrestling's greatest or whatever, but they were only like forty five minutes long, and it would be some shitty Nikolai Volkov indie match or something, Ooh. and. That's I, I'll have to get get find that and I have it somewhere. It here. wouldn't be it wouldn't it, be some shitty Nikolai Volkov match. It would be just any. <laughs> yes, <Nikolai> okay. <laughs> touche, touche, good sir. But I think, yeah. I think I think one of those DVDs actually has a Snooka Metal Maniac match on it. That I'll have to go back and find it and see if I can find he, it. He um, like literally he he's been reaching out to me for the last couple of years. Like, you know, I know Jeff. I, I don't have a problem with Jeff or anything. Mm-hmm. But he keeps trying to find this tape of a show that we ran in bought in Maryland. I don't even know what year it was. Maybe it was 2008, 9, 10 or whatever. And we had Barbarian on it. And Metal Maniac was on it. It was a bought show. We had, like, a bunch of big names on it. And Metal Maniac somehow got on Facebook and reached out to me. And he asked me about this show when he told me that barbarian was was looking for it because it was a good match i think he's working and i just said seriously (laughs) i mean (laughs) barbarian's calling you going hey man i had hey brother hey brother i want that match 
Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I knew I didn't have it because I wasn't, I, I wasn't there. I mean, I just knew I didn't have it. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, there's no way. He's like, hey, brother, if you find it, you know, Barb's, Barb said he really wants it. And I it was just like, I know, clearly. <laughs> uh, you know, if Barb wasn't that bad, Barb can call me. And right. then, you know, I'll try to, I'll call Bob Starr, who probably has it. But yeah, I, I don't think Barb's the one that's looking. <laughs> I was about to say, of all the matches available put to the public uh, with the Barbarian in them, I, I doubt he's trying to uh, hunt down that match. <laughs> yeah, the same guy who was in Paul Jones' army. Was the see his match at a high school in Western Maryland in front of twelve hundred people? Uh, yeah, I don't think that's his crown jewel. So we we find out after this match that uh, next week Don Morocco is going to be joining us. Yes, which I'm looking forward to. Me too. Um, I, you know, say what you will about Don Morocco, whoever's out there, but Don Morocco is I. I love a Don Morocco promo, and it doesn't matter which Don Morocco I'm getting. Um, I, I would just watch him cut promos. He doesn't even have to wrestle, you know, at this I mean, point. But This clearly ain't a spoiler or anything, but doesn't Morocco come in being in the same group with Snooker? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's... Okay, I thought so. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so next week, when we do next week's show, can we erase this week's show? <laughs> but by setting a, a new level of, of bad or whatever, because uh, uh, I mean, how how the hell could you expect? Uh, is Gilbert stupid? I don't know. I mean, how the hell are you going to tell me you're going to put uh, uh, Morocco with Snuka in the same group? Right, and people go like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> Without even any, I, I I don't think there's even any tease. Like, there's not even a. I will have, when we see it, we'll know, but. I don't recall there ever even being a tease where they act like they're going to go to blows with each other and then hug or anything like that. I think he just shows up and he's with them. And But I guess all we'll see next forgotten. week, won't we? <laughs> yeah, all is forgotten, brother, here in this I mean, gym. What, what was the pay-per-view? Or that, who was it? Was it Snooker, Morocco? Or who did the Barry the Hatchet match? The Barry the Hatchet thing with Snooker or something? Was that one Piper? Of the, I mean, one one of them jabroni pay per views, like Heroes of Wrestling, or oh, was it was it Bob Orton? I think Bob so. Orton and, and Snuka fought on that Heroes of Wrestling pay per view, and it that that thing's fucking terrible. What, what about the one with the card game where they had a card game, and then the <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the Heroes of Wrestling. That was Heroes of yeah. Wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that dude, that was yeah, a classic. Let me let me do a shameless plug here real quick. Uh, for those of you listening to this show that do not listen to the We Can't Wrestle podcast, find the We Can't Wrestle podcast, go back into our archives. We have an episode where we cover that Heroes of Wrestling pay-per-view and what an abortion that was. God, it was terrible. Terrible. The, it's, it's maybe the worst wrestling pay-per-view ever. I mean, Uncensored 95 is pretty bad, but that <laughs> that might be the worst wrestling pay-per-view ever. Arcade 91. Whatever. Oh, the, one, the one in Baltimore. Yeah. Bad. Mm. That's bad. <laughs> There's fucking, a lot of bad ones. In the Arcade 91, they make fucking Jushin Liger team with Mike Graham. As they should have. <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see what's wrong with that. Seriously, didn't Buddy Lee Parker team up with freaking PN News or something? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. What a, what a quality trash. tag team that was. Yeah, you wonder why nobody bought that shit. <laughs> Good God. 
and fucking at the end of this ECW show, fucking Stevie Wonderful's trying to get with Terry Funk, but he winds up at fucking Sandman's locker room and Peaches answers the door and the, the, the biggest thing I got from it was that fucking Stevie Wonderful and Peaches have the same fucking haircut. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't have that exact thing written down, but I wrote a classic recap with Stevie Wonder. Peaches is clearly from the West Coast. And, and that hair is what I wrote. God, is he, is he, they're waiting for the doctor? They're waiting for the doctor to do yeah. what? <laughs> the doctor should already be in there. If not, let Stevie Wonderful in there. What, you know what is he going to say? I don't fuck. Right. But that's the same. If you notice when when the, when this ship goes forward and we go episode to episode, you're going to start seeing them doors more and more often. Mm-hmm. Um, I know about them doors. Like literally behind that. In a couple months, you're going to start seeing Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond behind them doors. And all, all the ECW superstars are going to be behind them doors. Them doors. Them, them two doors. The one that says dressing room and the one that says whatever, keep out. Press. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Press. That's like, I, I don't I don't know where. I, I, I've never been to the building. I've been, I parked outside of the building where they, where they, oh, I'm sorry, where they taped them at. Mm-hmm. And I never went in. But yeah, they must have had the smallest, like, set made for this. Where it's just like literally, it's just two doors, yeah. that, you know, that open up, and everybody's going to be in there. Wait, wait, as the, as we watch uh, more episodes, and it's the same doors. They what that? Uh, um, oh, how many promos are cut in front of those doors? That's time goes on, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wait, everybody, everybody's in, everybody's behind them doors. <laughs> And it's not like it's. It, I don't know. I I, I I can't remember the guy's name. I'm telling you, it's not until and, and from what I believe, this is this is what I believe, and I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I think when Paul got sideways with, uh, I want to say it was Matt 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 Raddick or whatever, Matt Radica or whatever, mm-hmm. and he got behind in the money that he wouldn't l- give Paul the tapes, the originals. Okay. So Paul had to go out and find somebody else. Hence, we'll see in a few months where the quality changes. Mm-hmm. And so overall, I know, uh, Chad, you said better than bad. Um, but overall, what would you think, guys, of this 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 here episode? If you compare Eastern it, championship wrestling, I'd say if you compare it to. The first two shows. It's, Don't say it. <laughs> it's, it's not that bad. They at no, least. I, I, I agree. I mean, I think that. I mean, it's it's baby steps. They, they furthered. They furthered some storylines with the Gilbert and Funk thing Funk. and Rock and Rebel and Sandman, and they, they squashed the whole TV title thing. Got that done. Yeah, mm-hmm. and get that out and, of the way. And I, I don't think it was a bad show. Like, I didn't, I didn't walk out of this forty-five minutes thinking, "Eh, well, I wasted my time." I, I thought it was pretty decent. Well, mine's only thirty-eight. I don't know how you're watching it. All right, thirty-eight minutes. I mean, did it? 
like like I said, I I, I think they like I agree. They did the best they could with what they had to work with, and I I believe that we are coming to the end of these tapings at these at the Cabrini College Fieldhouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like like I said, if if they're taking baby steps. They're taking special needs baby steps. <laughs> they, they need to really like, really, you know, make me want to watch next week because you know, as of right now, I'm just going, wow, do I really want to see Glenn Osborne seek revenge? <laughs> I don't revenge. Ah. I'm just saying, like the, the, the couple, angle, the couple angles they had were de- like the Terry Funk, Eddie Gilbert angles, not bad. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I get it. it it's there. It's just, uh, it's just trickling, you know. They're, 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 and, they're, 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 they're taking baby steps. And and they they established that Rock and Rebel wants to force himself on Peaches, and Sandman doesn't like it. Uh, it it's not bad. And fucking Johnny Hotbody and Tommy Cairo, they're trying to do something with that, but it's it's just kind of there. I mean, it, it's not bad. They, they let you know what their three fucking angles are and they didn't do a bad job at it yeah, I, agree. <laughs> I, I agree i just that it, it's just that i think them them the main guys you say were so were so much of a staple in that area for so long that there's really just it's just like oh yeah you know they're gonna be on the show anyway you know sandman and rebel mm-hmm. and all the guys you know they're just the guys that are on every show yeah i mean i thought they did i thought they did fine for, for trying to advance storylines and all, I just yeah, it, it, it is what it is to me. Like, uh, God damn, some something like the Sandman stumbling through the ropes, kind of. You watch it, man. I'm telling you, if you watch it, he tried to fucking ride that surfboard through the ropes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I swear, I'm, fucking God, I'm, you watch it, he you. tried to. Oh, all I'm he just was, saying is, he was do I want this behind, guy to come try to make a save for me? Am I in was, trouble? He was standing behind that curtain with a vision in his head of this like, glorious I'm going to ride this goddamn board <laughs> through the middle ropes, and he tried to fucking do it. And God, God left him. But it was fucking... <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, I, I give the show, I mean, I, I clearly give it an A for effort, because, mm-hmm. you know, you're only working with, you know, if you ain't trying to build a um, you know, you're only working with what you have, and it's kind of like on a you know a budget. So you're trying to get everybody in, and I love the fact that you're putting snooker with a guy like Osborne. Not that I think Osborne is the guy, but putting over a local guy. You know what I'm saying? Right. Featuring a local guy against the name. Mm-hmm. God, that match was bad. <laughs> I think. Yeah, that Over- match was not, was not overall. Good. Overall, I, 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 I think I would have booked the. Sorry, I, I think oh, I would have booked. I would have. Not looking at it right now, but like if I'm booking that tournament, like I would have made the finals fucking um, Snuka versus Tommy Cairo. I th- I think that would have been a better final, but that's that's just me. But, I probably would have had JT in there, but okay. I don't know. Maybe, but was Cairo, he around? Yeah, he he was in the tournament. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, but was. Cairo was was built as as uh, undefeated, so when when Snooker beat him, it really just pretty much killed him because it, it wasn't like it took Snooker twenty five minutes to beat Tommy Cairo, right? You know, 
and it wasn't like he did that, but they were they were building this whole entire Tommy Cairo winning streak, and and then Snuka just squashes him, whatever with the thing. And I'm just like, wow. And then they even made a point to announce that the fact that his unbeaten streak is gone. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, <laughs> two, what the hell was that? Two See, weeks that should have been the final of it. Yeah. What's that? That should have been the finals. Like, it shouldn't have been Snuka beating Tommy Cairo in the fucking semifinals. It should have been Snuka beating Tommy Cairo in the finals of the tournament and letting Johnny Hotbody interfere, and then you can... I'm not 100% sure what I would have done, but I think if, if, uh, if Eddie Gilbert really had his way to do something... And and I probably think this would have been more um, based upon how well Snooker was willing to work. I wanted this something where them two would have been the last would have been them two in the finals. And then Eddie trying to convince Snooker. You to know, put him, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then you could do a deal where no matter what I mean, there's there's five different ways you could ten different ways you could do it where you can put whoever you want over to whatever you want over, and you have all the challengers going, wait a minute. You know, <laughs> like, this is crap. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's what I think I would have done, because that would have made Gilbert seem more like a fucking chicken shit. And mm-hmm. Snooker looking like, you know, do I want this belt, or do I want to be aligned with this fucking idiot? Right. You know, kind of kind of thing. Yeah, you could have won a million different ways. I mean, but there's a million different ways you could have did it. They just didn't do it any of them ways. They <laughs> did it their way. I mean, I ain't saying it's bad. You put the belt on Snooker, and in my opinion, it was erased the whole entire tournament. You know what I'm saying? Get mm-hmm. rid of the whole, why are you doing this? Establish your people now, you know? Exactly. No, that's my opinion. I, I don't like tournaments for companies that don't fucking have any you know, History. Yeah. Who the fuck knows who the Super Destroyers are? Fuck. <laughs> you yeah, know at, least, I mean? at least with the Super Destroyers, they were just like, these are our tag team champions. Here you go. Yeah, they just they just <laughs> told you they were the champions. But yeah, I mean, you don't, you don't run a TV show for three weeks and you're being in the middle of a TV title tournament. <laughs> Good God. Until last week, we didn't even have TV. <laughs> Here's our TV title. <laughs> Yeah, that to me is kind of senseless, but yeah, I, I I gave the show overall on a scale on a, if I was grading like high school, I would say I would say it was a C minus because it had moments. It yeah, had I, it, I gave it about a half, like a three out of five, just because I did like the the running story between Gilbert and Funk throughout the show that entertained me, um, and I mean there were some there were some fun moments in here, the matches. The, actually, the funny thing about this show to me was the matches were the biggest problem with it. Like a lot of the story and everything and all that is is wasn't too bad, but the matches. Actually, see, there wasn't gave, there wasn't I a gave, match I really enjoyed on this show. I gave it a three out of five too, and um, I actually liked this show, and I thought they did um, enough in it to. push forward what the stories they're trying to say. And I, mm-hmm. I kind of like the fact that rebel busted the board over Sandman's head. I, <laughs> I like that little angle. I, I don't know. I'm, I might be stupid. I don't know, but I, I, I enjoyed it. 
So next I mean, week, it, oh, go ahead, Jim. It, 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 it definitely was. It definitely was what it was. <laughs> I think we all can agree that it was somewhere in the middle. Yes. And given given what it was, that it was what it you know it is what it was. I, I like. I, I agree. Whoever said that the matches were the biggest problem? Yeah. Yeah. If you I, if you if you condense that matches to what however do whatever and then it's all just promos packages blah 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 that show would have been a, a solid you know I don't know fucking B or however fuck but you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So according to the WWE Network, just so that you guys you you listeners know and my fellow co-hosts know what we have to look forward to next week on the April twenty seventh, nineteen ninety three edition of ECW. Don Morocco and ECW TV champion Jimmy Snuka join forces with Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. Plus, the Rockin' Rebel challenges the Sandman for the ECW Heavyweight Championship. Shit. The Suicide Blondes debut against Tommy Cairo and JT Smith. And that's what they have listed. So that's what we have to look Suicide forward Blonde. to. Suicide Blondes. Is that, is that, is that Chris Vito, Mike, Chris is Michael? It Chris, is it Chris Michael yeah. and somebody. It's not, it's, not Candido? Not, it's not Candido at first. No, it might be... Is it John? It's not Johnny Hotbody, is it? Yeah, but I know. I know Chris Michaels. Yeah, is it, it's Chris Michaels and Johnny Hotbody, I think. Okay. Because Johnny Hotbody's trying to like sell himself as a blonde, even though he isn't. <laughs> well, we'll find Apparently out next hair. week. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> Good lord, <laughs> gentlemen! Thank you for joining me. Any parting thoughts how, here? Just how awesome is Chris Candido? But he's <laughs> later on in the yeah in the show. Chad, any parting thoughts for our listeners this week? No, I just want everybody to support the 2300 pod. Go on the to Facebook and join the group. And anybody yeah. wants to follow me, I'm at Chad. I'm at Chad Hoover DeMera on Twitter. And I'm Chad Austin DeMera on Facebook. And you guys, hey, anything you want to plug? I mean, Chad's video vault, maybe? Yeah, uh, no. Um, Chad's video vault is much like Cornet's collectibles. It's um, it it is close. I'm still waiting for my Portland stuff, buddy. So is everybody. (laughs) I'm I uh, I am way backlogged on Chad's video vault. But uh, go go look at uh, go check out Roy Lucier. I don't know. It's like Lucifer Mm -hmm. without the F on YouTube, and, and check out his um his YouTube and daily motion page, it's tapes that I've uploaded or uh, I had burnt and send to him okay. that he can upload like Japan stuff and shit like that. But yeah, I mean, just follow the, the 2300 and spread the word guys. I mean, you know, I'm Absolutely. doing my best. We're, we are looking forward to this journey as it continues. And like I said, next week, ladies and gentlemen, join us for the April 27th, 1993 edition of ECW. And we will see you next week on the 2300 Pod. All right. There you have it. The first three episodes of the Reliving the Extreme podcast there for you to enjoy. And I hope that... By listening to that, getting a taste of the show, you will go subscribe and start listening to Reliving the Extreme every single week as, again, we chronicle the history of ECW with ECW's own 
Chad Austin, a guy that actually worked there. We're actually getting to the point in the history of ECW where Chad comes in, so he'll be able to have a lot more backstage uh, conversation about the shows, which I'm going to find very fascinating. Now, that being said, before I sign off this week, I would be remiss if I did not say if you were listening to the show and you were not a member of our Facebook group, join the Facebook group. What are you waiting for? The We Can't Wrestle Podcast Facebook group is there for you. Lots of stuff goes on, free giveaways, lots of wrestling conversation. We want you to be a part of it. And also, don't forget to join Archie's group, World Championship Customs. If you're a fan of figures, custom figures, a fantastic group to be a part of, along with our friends in the Asylum. The Asylum also not just about figures, but the Virtual Asylum, where they are having virtual signings in the age of COVID. Professional wrestlers have not been able to do conventions like they normally do, and the Asylum has had some great guests, i.e. Demolition, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Buff Bagwell, Victoria, it, 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 Melina. It's been great. Coming up this week, The Rock, Don Morocco, one of my favorites of all time. And coming up in the future... They have Dustin Rhodes coming to the Virtual Asylum. So please do check out the Virtual Asylum, the Asylum, World Championship Customs, and of course our group, the We Can't Wrestle Podcast group. Now, you also need to join the whole point of this show, the Reliving the Extreme Facebook group as well. Um, So that being said, I know I've, I've done my shameless plugs here. I want to thank you all for joining me this week. For another edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, the next show, we will start our Hall of Fame conversation. And we will see you next time around, ladies and gentlemen, on the We Can't Wrestle podcast.